podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, here he is. Woo! The sensation, Jason Gavin! Danmark har fået en ny verdens mester. Mikkel Tesla. He's the fucking champion of the world. No, I think Rosado is a good boy. Rosado is a good boy. I've become a massive international superstar, it's as simple as that. I eat your ass on a lot, bitch. Scared of the real man. I'll fuck you till you love me, faggot. I'm going to physically shoot David Hay. He fucking glossed me. He glossed me. Derek, who down? I'm Shannon Bridge. I'm hard to kill. I'm the black beat the ball. I'm hard to fucking kill. Well, I believe Christopher can take a punch. I'm very good at math and looking at the fighter and seeing what his abilities are. I can't see that Golovkin has anything like Christopher's speed, his power, his punching ability, his hand speed, his foot movement. I don't see that from a calculating point of view. I don't see that he has anything like that. So then it's going to come down to heart. You know, I spoke to Joe Gallagher, they don't want to fight Carl Frampton. And the bottom line is, you know, no disrespect to Boss Branker, these guys aren't good enough to face Carl Frampton. I'm the best heavyweight champion in the world. I'm happy PC with me. I'm undefeated champion. Undisputed champion. I want good next. He's got my Dino Rival nucleic acid. I'm the student heavyweight champion of the world. Who's next? I love boxing sound. It's as simple as that. Well, hello everybody and welcome to the 406th edition of the Boxing Asylum Nuttos podcast. I'm your host Steve Wellings and joining me on the call we have Andy Patterson and Matty DiGiallonardo going live on YouTube from 8 o'clock every Sunday evening. The Patreon RSS feed update shortly after the show concludes. Hello to everybody listening through the week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and SoundCloud. Don't forget to leave a review on the podcast player of your choice throughout the entire month of January. Nothing less than five stars is acceptable. Packed weekend of action, unless you're a boxing fan, Andy, in which case there's nothing much to report. People have been messaging me during the day saying, what are you going to talk about tonight, lads? Well, join the club, because I'm not really sure, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's a hit or a prayer, mate. Just, uh, just, uh, we'll, we'll throw something in the air, see what, see what, hit, see what we hit and see what sticks. Um, but obviously the bad news, really, isn't it? Um, Kovalev, that's just, you know, man, it's just disappointing. Um this is, there is there is a couple of shows coming up now, but they're, they're, they're kind of like spread over like many weeks and stuff. I think there was you know, a couple of shows coming up in America. I think shortly. Um, that Kovalev thing makes sense though. That that makes perfect sense. I mean, because he has just been lagging after you know the eighth or ninth round, and uh, you know, and I'm not, I I don't want to think he was actually like going out of his way to like way way cheat. I think he was actually trying to just oh, level testosterone. Nah, man, he's out to cheat. I mean, look, he's what is he, thirty-seven? He's 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 had like a hard career, and that man, he's he's just trying to keep up with the with the younger guy. And that, and to be honest, I was really looking forward to this fight. But Kuzlev, I, I really believe Beck would have basically got to him in the end. The, 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 the way he moves about, 
Um, he said he owned problems with, with, with peds and that as well. Um, Biorethics. I was going to put 50 bucks on it, man. It was uh, he, oh. the cold level was getting knocked out, man. He was getting knocked out. So it was just, just, just disappointing. You know, obviously, one fight I was looking forward to. He says it's been like a desert recently, isn't it? So that was one fight I was looking forward to. That's felt by the wayside. Everything else is kind of spread out, as I say. We've got the matchroom announcements and stuff, but it's just poor all round, isn't it? Yeah, we'll find something, don't worry. I might put the StreamYard link in the chat, actually, if any of the boys want to jump on with us. Uh, let's have a look in the chat now, see who's hanging around there, swimming around in the cesspit. Uh, Johnny Horsecock Nelson is with us. Take Ames, welcome to you. The Motor City Cobra. Uh, Tim Rhodes, James Windsor, Jim McDonald Boxing. Go and check out his channel. Michael Thompson, Harry John. Shout out to Chris Ogden. And I look to see if we've got any uh, new names floating about. Dez as well. Shout out to Dez, Ian, Ian Chalice, uh, Kevin Watson, Matthew Russell. Hmm. Let's have a look on up there. Let's scroll on up, shall we? Kaiser Cobra's there. Craig, Joel Upton, Park, hashtag C-O-Y-I. Indeed. Come on, you irons. Richard Wetton. Uh, yeah. Celtic Spirit as well is hanging around with us there. Yeah, I will put the StreamYard ch- uh, link up soon. So if anybody has something to say, boxing related or non-boxing related, whatever you want to get off your chest, you can come on and join us. Let's get stuck into this Kovalev situation. Then you briefly mentioned it there, Matty. We'll go to you first. Uh, three-time world champion Kovalev. He was supposed to fight against Bektamir Melikuziev. Uh, it's cancelled now, obviously. 37-year-old. Uh, tested positive for something or other. I think it was synthetic testosterone. That sounds like something that could pump you up on a Sunday evening. Varda got hold of him anyway. Uh, his A sample from December the 30th was positive. He, away- he, he was awaiting the result of the B sample whenever this was written. But obviously we know what's going on now. It's been cancelled. Question for you, Matty. I was saying earlier in the chat there, I don't know whether you agree with me or not. Kovalev, he could be, even though he's a three, you know, three-time world champion and all that, I think he might be a bit of an underachiever. Considering the crusher that was coming up at one point, he was icing people in his way. He seemed to just fall off the wayside. And whenever he went in against Canelo, he's that B-side. He's damaged goods by this point, waiting to get knocked out. I think that this guy could have been one of the most feared champions of his era. And he just didn't quite get it there because of his own lifestyle choices and his bad living. Yeah, I mean, there could be something to that. It does seem uh, like the the guy likes to drink a whole lot and sometimes gets a little uh, handsy with the women folk. Um, But... um, he, you know, he he was an exceptional fighter at the at, at during a, a period of time. But I guess we have to kind of measure that against the opposition. Uh, a lot of people who are fans of Kovalev's will uh, go to their grave saying that he deserved a victory over Andre Ward, which would have really defined his career. Um, so yeah, I mean, underwhelming a bit. But when you kind of look at the when Kovalev was really popping, he was already in his thirties. Um, you know. Um, we saw his prime against lesser opposition. It, it's kind of a shame that it, it wasn't all set back five years because I think he would have uh, could have produced some uh, higher quality victories. Uh, Declan McCarthy there, Andy, saying I would have had Kovalev to win. Couldn't get my head around his odds considering he's up against a 5-0 and regardless of his hype. But you mentioned the Andre Ward fight there, obviously that first fight. Is that sort of a hinge in Kovalev's career where it all sort of, the trajectory sort of dipped one way or the other? He started feeling sorry for himself, hit the drink heavier, if that's even possible, and it sort of dipped his career over. If it, well, if he hadn't won the fight, he might have gone on an even madder bender. Who knows? But it, it kind of seemed like it was a turning point for me for him. I actually think that it was really a bit more about the, the Chalimba fight and stuff. There yeah. was issues there in regards to the media uh, stuff and that, the kind of the obligation to do and stuff. And it was apparently a wee bit, it was, it was a lot of effort. Um, he blamed that for his performance. I think it was quite, quite a laborious performance stuff. He's, 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 he beat Ward the first fight, okay. Um, 
the second fight, I just think he was he was getting beat down in that one, looking for a way out, and really he he got broken. It just it, I think it was more against like a, a fighter who'd kind of like fell in love with his power. He had the punch, he could just turn the fight. He cruelly beat up Jean Pascal, remember that as well. Um, and you know, it's not sitting right with a lot of people, and it shouldn't sit right with a lot of people because this is the guy actually who went into a boxing ring and killed a guy, um, Roman Shimakov, back in Russia back in 2011, I think it was in the seventh round. And you know, look, he's, as I say, he's 37, he's trying to keep up with the younger guy. He's you know, with everything is going on in the background, as I says, as, as Matt says, he's, he's mentioned here about like his, his background and stuff. He's the situation he's got himself into a the zone with the with the legal host. Now, I think this this is this is this is perfect for like a golden boy in the zone because they were on the hook for like whatever many millions it was in a couple of fights and that. So you know, there's not really much going on these days and stuff like that. There's not really a lot of money getting made, such so they can get away for that probably as well. So Kovalev's kind of like probably like done done himself into two paydays and uh, maybe even get sued now off off the back end of that as well. Um, again, it's just it's just a guy who. There's questions about his mentality and that as well. Um, you know, he's just he's just that type of prick. You know, he's just you know he's an asshole really. And uh, this just 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 goes to prove it. I mean, for everything that he's done and stuff, you know, we've all heard the stories and stuff like that. But still, mobile mobile phones. You've heard the story, Steve. You can't better than me. Um, you know, mm-hmm. the sexual harassment stuff. You know, fighting in the streets and kicking dogs and stuff like that. And as I say, he's just getting full of drink and stuff and. And drinkers have a hard time taking body well, shots. That's that's something that happens over time. He never liked it to the body anyway. But as it says, you know, there was at his peak in that he was he was he is what I like in a fight. He was proper. You know, keep it simple to boxing. He was an absolute nasty piece of work, right? And that's what I like to see in a fighter. But um, it's just it's just it's just it's just a constant cycle. And that this the, the drugs and stuff. It's more a case of you know like. It's, it's unfair to say everybody's using, but it's also the f- at the same time as everybody's got to be using something to try and get you know some sort of performance or you know recovery and that. It's just it's just everybody's at it really. So it is, you know, and we've got to kind of like basically say it's unfair to say it, but you know, you're guilty until you actually prove otherwise, really, because every fucker's like they're cutting weights, you know, they're they're using for recovery as I says. Um, you know, boosting blood levels, testosterone, like you know, older guys and stuff. It's just, uh, you know, and as I say, you know, McCuslev and that as well, as with the, when he was amateur back in 20, I remember the date, I think it was 2017 or 2018, he got done for diuretics, I think it was, uh, was uh, I forget the name of it, it begins with an F. Um, so that was the main reason why he turned pro, because he was banned uh, at amateur level, he was just, I think he was due, his ban was due to get overturned, uh, he was here late last year or early this year, I think it was and stuff, so. This is, you know, they're at it. I think he was purely using because at amateur level, and that, you know, especially these uh, you know, big nations like Uzbekistan and Kazakhstan with all these fighters and that, you know, they're getting told, look, I need you to go up my either either a weight division or come down a weight division. So sometimes they have to use diuretics to try and get there as well. Yeah, so it's just disappointing like, because that was the one fight I was really looking forward to. And uh, I say, just with, with the Uzbeks coming through and that as well, so I really think, I really fancy Beck to kind of really kind of, you know, put a, put a a really good performance on and probably even ended Kovalev. Uh, had you seen much of him, Andy? Because I'll be honest, there's quite a few of the Uzbeks knocking about and I wasn't really sure which one this was. I noticed on his record he went the distance with Devin Alexander's brother. He's knocked yeah. out everybody else. Apart from that, this was his big step up and they obviously fancied the job. Southpaw, he's only 24, so they didn't need to step him up. What's the crack with um, Melikuziev? What, what, what can we expect from him when we see him next? 
he was a mover. I mean, he's what is he? He's high of Canelo, but five eight, five nine, really thick set actually. So I can see why he can't make middleweight because he is he is quite thick in that. He has been comparing, as I say, at one sixty eight. But you know, they wanted to go up to one seven five, take this risk, and uh, as I say, he has a he's a really good fighter. Um, as I say, good movement. You know, works angles, will turn you, get shots off and stuff. Real good power. I just think with his style, his activity, and that he would have basically kind of wore cleverly of doing. I think he would have worked the body pretty well. He'd have worked shots up the middle. Really good left hand on him in that as well. And uh, as I say, it was just at this point, it was just it was set up for him to have a kind of a really a possibility kind of you know to a point a coming out career type defining performance. Even though Kovalev's kind of like you know faded goods and that, it would have been an absolute statement for a kid that come in just what out the amateurs two years ago, whatever it is, and stop a guy like Kovalev with his pedigree and stuff. So uh, again, just just disappointed there. Absolutely, Adam Smido Smith's on the call with us. How are you, Smido? Uh, synthetic testosterone. Imagine you on synthetic testosterone, Smido. What could we expect? Well, as I've said many times, I would take that shit. This, if I could afford it and I knew what I was doing, I'd take all of the <laughs> shit that they're taking. I would, seriously. But, I mean, like, we, we, we go through stages with the with the drugs, don't we? Because, like, you know, firstly, there's the initial outrage and, oh, they should be banned and it's disgusting for the sport. And I've been through that stage, but now I'm at the stage now I just and I've been here for a while. I don't care. I think that they're all at it. Some just get caught or some are rich enough or popular enough or powerful enough not to get caught. Um friend of the pod, Tommy Allen, was even <laughs> posting in the week about Floyd Mayweather and, and his, you know, it's discretions. It's all it's all cloak and daggers, isn't it? And behind the scenes and on the quiet, people serve bans and, and claim that they're having a retirement and people serve bans without anyone knowing. People can fail drugs tests and still fight. Um, you know, I think Povetkin did that in Russia. Um, I mean, when this fight was made, I was like you, Steve, I'd never heard of the other fella, to be honest. Um, sorry, not saying you'd not heard of him but I, i'd never heard of him um mm. and some and some people you know were like that there's there's many uzbeks as you say and you, you, it's easy to get them mixed up but there was a move in the betting i remember uh and andy spoke to me about that and then you know a bit of a coin toss fight to start with then next thing you know the uzbeks into one to three to beat a sergey kovalev and i know kovalev's faded a little bit but um but yeah it, and then when it went to russia to be staged in russia people were questioning whether it would go ahead or whether there's something um whether there's something I've just read that comment from Michael. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, yeah. People will be wondering whether it was going ahead, and obviously it haven't. But you know, it's easy to hate on Kovalev, and he's had his discretions with the alcohol and that, and the the body shots. But in his pomp, Kovalev was class. It was it was well likable for the for the hardcore fans because you just go out there, a genuine killer fighter would go out, bash people up, didn't really give a toss outside the ring, you know. Add the don't care demeanor, gave Donny Stevenson some stick, overpressed the mark a couple of times there, but you know, spoke bad of people, meant it, wasn't just a, a hype job like what you get over here talking, you know, fake beef, meant it, went in the ring, usually backed it up, um, got beat by one of the best fighters of this of this century, in my opinion, and, and it's not been the same since. So I've got I've not really got any any problem with the way Kovalev's conducted his career, to be honest. I think this is probably him finished at the top level now. Um, if, he's, if he um, takes a ban, maybe he would just see it as a, a nudge into retirement if he does get banned and, you know, it might be too... Um, I mean, bans nowadays don't really mean a lot because you can just go and fight somewhere else or under another jurisdiction, but this might this might edge him out of it now. 
And what's going to be his life after boxing? Because usually you get fat and start drinking a lot, but he's sort of ahead of the curve on that one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I remember one time when they did the HBO, um, I, for, I forgot what fight it was, for, probably for Ward, the you know the 24-7 or whatever they called it on, on Showtime or whatever it was. And they was trying to portray the family man and he'd changed since he'd had his kid and his wife had he'd put him on the straight and narrow. But obviously uh, that didn't uh, particularly last long. So I don't know. He's... The, like I say, he's got his money ante and it probably doesn't cost uh, much to live where he lives. So he'll have, an, he'll have a nice life until he smacks his wife and ends up in jail or something like that. Absolutely. Uh, Matty, uh, what's your opinions on the Kovalev-Ward fights? Because obviously you haven't been on since those fights have taken place. The first one, very close. Uh, Ward got the decision 114-113 uh, on all three cards, I believe it was. And then in the rematch, there was a few shenanigans. I have my issues with both fights. What do you think about it, Matty? I thought that Kovalev nicked the first fight, but if I recall, I scored at like 114-113 because of the knockdown. And so, I mean, it wasn't one of those fights where I could argue either way. I, I can't, I'm trying to remember exactly I scored, but it was narrowly for Kovalev. The second fight, I really, I think that there shouldn't have been a, a stoppage called at the end. I think there should have been called a break for low blows. Um, but that said, it didn't look like he was in a position where he was, he was going to make it to the end of the fight. I remember being kind of pissed off at the time, but looking back on it, it just wasn't there. Uh, there was a difference between the Kovalev from the first fight and the second fight, uh, no doubt about it. Um, and, uh, if I just can, just, uh, in regards to, you know, the steroids and performance enhancing, uh, I, I think we... I guess the question we have to ask ourselves ethically is science part of maximizing athletic potential. And if it is, we kind of just have to let this go. Maybe we have to start a new set of record books or something. I don't know. But if you believe that science is part of what creating uh, a big portion of what the creation of a world-class athlete is, I think we kind of have to just let it go. It, you know, they try to do what they can to hit those numbers that are optimal for uh, human performance. Uh, fair enough, Andy. We've spoke about this before. We might as well go back now because the boys in the chat are bringing it up. About that second Kovalev fight, I know you've... I know, wow, we just had a £52 super chat coming from Dez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From Dez. I was just typing the chat. I said, you <laughs> So, somebody's <laughs> porn up subscription is taken care of this month. Ah. That's a good idea, guys. One pound a week, it is a bargain. Yeah, I mean, you get to listen to idiots like me. Fair play to Des, man. 52 quid Des has thrown in. He says, one pound a week, bargain, best boxing show on the net. Keep up the good works, lads. Gonna have to give him a shout out there. Daniel Desmond Properties Limited. Go and uh, buy a property tomorrow, I suppose. Andy, what yeah. else can you say well, about yeah, that? <laughs> Uh, shout out Des is a good guy. He's a boxing guy. He used to box himself yeah. as well. So yeah, fair play, man. 52 quid. That's a try and beat that if you can, everybody. Uh, yeah, Andy, I was mentioning about the second fight there between Kovalev and Ward. I have my issues about it. I, I do think that Kovalev was done. I do think he was going to get stopped because of his lifestyle and all that, and he was on his way out. But I do also think that the referee, Tony Weeks, did not deal with the situation satisfactorily. I think it was a dereliction of duty, and he allowed there to be issues when there didn't need to be issues. If he'd have dealt with it a bit more thoroughly, I think he could have let Ward have a cleaner victory for my liking. What do you think? Yeah, well, yes. <sighs> It was a close fight, I says, and uh, you know Kovalev had been complaining a couple of times, I think, as well. Um, some of the punches did, did appear to be borderline, maybe a few, maybe kind of straight south, 
Um, but at the same time as you know, Ward was that type of fighter. Um, he could get in there, he could make it dirty and stuff. And you know, the bully got out. Bully basically. Um, I remember one part of that fight. I think it was quite quite late on actually. They're kind of like they're, they're kind of clenched up together. And I mentioned this before, and they're kind of like they're kind of like hunched over. And uh, as uh, Ward's kind of walking back with the clinch, he's he's constantly digging at uh, Cole, Cole body. And then right at the last second, he kind of switches his kind of feet movement and just kind of like digs in another left hook to the ribs and stuff. Kovalev, you just see the sigh. He's just kind of like back up, man. He's like, oh dear me, you can just see it kind of drain out of him a wee bit in that. So. Really, the fight got beat out of him, I think, in the, uh, that award rematch. Like, and we can, we can mention, as I say, the, the low blows and stuff, but um, as I say, he was, he was complaining about it and that as well. I, I don't think, um, I think, especially for the first fight as well, if he'd maybe caught Ward with that right hand um, when he dropped him, if he caught him full extension, it might have been a different story. But um, I think as well, as because Ward took it, I don't just know much take it. He kind of like came into the fight kind of like latter half it, didn't he? Um, so maybe mm-hmm. it was in the back of like uh, Kovalev's mind that re- I really kind of beat this guy, really, you know. And if it comes to kind of like inside dark arts and stuff like Ward's, just you know, he's this generation's kind of like say, you know, Hopkins basically, you know. I had no problem with this with the second fight. Um, if it's not get if it don't get called a low blow, keep doing it. Kovalev absolutely hated it. If it was borderline or not, that's not up to me. It's not up to Andre Ward either. So. He's done something. It's clearly worked. Do it again, and he continued to do it, and he and he won the fight doing doing it. Exactly. That's why I'm no blaming problem. the referee. I don't. I think I know people say. I know people who make the argument: if hit someone hits you low, hit them back low. But if you mm. keep doing that, where does it end? I mean, it's, it's a boxing match, not a street fight. The referee is under is, is there to create that line between a street brawl and a boxing match. And if you're getting hit low or doing something illegal, the referee's there to call that up and stop that from happening repeatedly. Yeah, it was. Well, it was, it was, it was kind of well, I was going to say as well, that was like, oh, Polly says, look, you know, Kovalev had the chance to respond to that. So if he felt he was getting low blowed, right, and he actually complained about it a few times, why not just do what Hatton did against like Zoo? You know, you got square in the balls, go right back at him and, and just happen right straight back there. You know, and that's just basically, that's a, that's a, a you're basically marking his card, basically, you know, but, you know, Kovalev just basically complained about it. Yeah, okay, the referee can like, let it go and that, but... I just think Kovalev, you know, if he was just a bad man and that, he was just kind of went in there and done something about it, you know. Well, and that was the brilliance of Andre Ward, though. I mean, that was where he was, um, you know, definitely reminiscent of Hopkins. He knew where he could get away with some things. You know, he would hit you low. He'd hit you on the hip. He'd use his head in close. You know, he he definitely learned from the school of Hopkins. There's no doubt about that. And there's not a lot of fighters that can that can do that. Uh, you know, because it's, you know, it's almost an art, you know, um, Salito at times actually was, you know, I mean, he was really, really good at knowing where the ref was and where he could land on somebody. Um, Hat and Zoo, that's a totally different thing. Um, you know, that was just like total retaliatory, you know, uh, you got one, I got one, we'll walk away from this possibly. Um, and then you have Andrew Galata. Uh, the the only man I've ever seen like landing combinations to the testicles. It, it was it was painful for every man to to watch those fights with Riddick Bow. Absolutely fucking painful. <laughs> no, fair enough. Everybody, every, I, I'm not saying I agree or disagree. I'm just bringing the uh, conversation round and just thought we'd have a discussion about it. Uh, Richard Wetton says the lad's been told to cut the swearing out the last few weeks. Gone all family oriented, and I wouldn't wouldn't necessarily say to. We're just here talking about boxing, Richard. If you want to come on and drop a few f bombs, you can indeed. <laughs> Hey Richard, <laughs> tune into tune into a, a post fight pod where Andy's been on the whiskey. 
Didn't didn't I say that that Rob would suck somebody's dick if they were able to put a fight together last week? I I, I did my best. I'm sorry if my vulgarity was not up to your standards there. You hoity toity sob. I mean, what the fuck do you want, man? You know, like I like I literally was pimping out one of our uh, panelists, and uh, that's not depraved enough for you. I mean, what the fuck do you want? I I mean, uh, you know, are we? You know, what the fuck? Are we supposed to round up gypsy girls for entertainment? What the fuck, dude? Matty hashtag hashtag fuck the listeners. Is that what you're saying? No, 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 no just that guy that wants us to cuss more. I'm just trying to entertain him. <laughs> Lovely job. Let's move on then, shall we? A few questions from the boys over on patreon.com forward slash boxing asylum. They're going back to Ryan Garcia, actually. Uh, Ryan Deal says if Garcia puts his chin up in the air against Tank Davis, he'll end up in row Z or row Z, as you might say, Matty. Uh, going back of, uh, to Davis against Garcia, they're obviously calling each other out over, across Twitter. I like I like Garcia, the fact that he seems to be, he said he wants to retire by his 26. Obviously, we know that's a load of bollocks. Bernard Hopkins kept uh, promising his mother he was going to retire at 40. But Garcia seems like he wants the big fights. Javonta Davis wants it as well. You've got Tiafimo Lopez knocking about. You've got Lomachenko. You've got Devin Haney with his email belt. Let's get it on at lightweight matter now there's a there's a lot of good fights to to be made at, at lightweight right now and i guess that's you know we discussed that a little bit last week and it kind of what that round table of those fighters were looks like um and uh i really i i got honestly i you know as i look at the matchups the only person who i really if you you know and i, I think the answer is always you know, if you feel confident about something, would you bet money on it? You know, I would bet money on Tiafimo Lopez to beat anyone at 135 pounds. I would not do that with Tank Garcia or Lomachenko. Um, Lomachenko even taking Lopez out of the equation. I think Loma might be a bit on the decline. Um, so, you know, I, I, and it's hopefully they make those fights and they, they let these guys actually uh, unify a division with some meaningful fighters, you know, and, you know, fair point, you know, I know I, you rip on Crawford for his resume, um, you know, because, like, yeah, you know, those, some of the divisions he's cleared out, you know, the belts weren't big, the fighters weren't anything uh, substance, but um, I, hopefully the, these fights can happen because I think that, um Tiafimo Lopez against either uh, Ryan Garcia or Tank Davis is an exceptional fight. And uh, Tank and Garcia is an exceptional fight too. And we are just totally dismissing Lomachenko at this point in time because he uh, lost to Lopez. What does it look like with Loma against those guys? I know, I know this has been said and I'm, I'm guilty of it as well. Lomachenko to have been completely dismissed from the conversation and they're talking about the four Kings and this, that and the other. I mean, it's it's crazy, really. I mean, Lomachenko still only thirty-two. He's, he's only had fourteen pro fights. I mean, it's nuts how, he, how he's been forgotten, including by me and out of the conversation. I mean, I thought Lopez was fantastic in the Lomachenko fight. I thought the excuses was was poor that's come from Lomachenko since. To be honest, leaves a bad taste in the mouth. But he's still a massive, massive player. At anything you know, one 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 thirty and below, isn't he? One you know, one three five and below. Uh, you got anything to say, Matty, or should we move on? Yeah, that's we'll good. Let's let's go. Let's go, Andy. I'll tell you what, Andy, actually, I was going to mention something to you about Tiafimo Lopez. People are saying that there's a possibility that Lopez is going to rematch Lomachenko, but I don't see that happening for a number of reasons. I think they're going to 
get the mandatory out of the way. So that's Lopez defending against George Cambosos Jr. Then they're going to move him up to 140 to avoid the Lomachenko rematch. Not avoid it because they're scared of it, but I think that they wanted Lopez uh, to be the star all along. And, you know, he's a young kid. He's got more uh, selling value in America. He's got more future about him. So they were happy that Lomachenko lost uh, Bob Arum, if, you know, 50-50 at the end of the day. But I think that they want Lopez to be the star of the future. So why are they going to put him back in against each other? Say Lomachenko gets the victory this time. If he works it out, he starts a bit quicker, he beats Lopez. They're back to yeah. square one. I, I, I don't see any reason why Arum would take the rematch whatsoever. It doesn't make sense to me. Well, he needs a star, really. I mean, Lomachenko, OK, he's 32, but he's had a, a lot of miles in the clock and that. He just is an old 32. Crawford looks like he's, he's going to leave. He's needing, you know some new stars and stuff like that so you know, Lopez fits the bill perfectly 23 I've seen an interview with him I think he says another two fights at 135 and he's going to move up to, to 140 so you say George Cambosis Jr I think that would be an ideal fight to kind of get made in Australia mm-hmm. fans are in there uh, basically the Hispanic community are there and that would be really interesting going to that one as well um, I'm just trying to think actually you know, a kind of second fight obviously I mean Davis would be the one to make um, I don't I don't see like say Gar- I mean, I, I, again it comes down to the TV networks and that as well. So really, has he got other options apart from Campos? Um, there's another in-house fight you can maybe have apart from Lomachenko and that. Um, I don't know who's kind of free agents at the minute. That maybe Verdejo, for example. Um, but he he beat his last fight. Um, uh, yeah, he lost to Nakatani. Andy. Plus, what I would say is, if Lomachenko moves down a weight and starts winning world titles again, it then also benefits Lopez's career because you know he's got the win over him. Lo, uh, Lomachenko is enhancing his resume and also enhancing Lopez's by proxy at the same time. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I don't know if Loma's going to do it. One thirty though means he's even mentioned it. I mean. I think at this point in his career and that, you know, taking the five pounds off, he's probably better staying at 135. And I mean, Lopez says, well, I, 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 I want to see a rematch potentially just to see if, if Loma would kind of like want to you know, start a different way. Um, or if, to see if Lopez would approach it differently in that as well. But uh, he's kind of like dead set against it, Lopez, and that. At the end of the day, you know, he won the fight, you know, fair play to him, and that. And he gets the right to kind of move on, and that. Um, really, again, it's, it's just poor decision making by Lomachenko's people. You know, you're a champ, and that. So why not get the they get the rematch clause put in the contract? But as, um, I'm just trying to think of top. I'm just trying to think uh, again. Who who would they be? Who could they put in there uh, if they top rank in that for Lopez again to stay at 135? Apart from Cambosis. Again, it's a public, it's a decent money fight from here in Australia. It's probably pay per view and that as well. Um, there's no options. There's absolutely no options. Um, I don't even know what the options are like up at 140. That he's got Josh Taylor, but Josh is going to move up to uh, after Ramirez possibly in that as well. So again, so so the timing in that as well. So you just don't know. You know, things could change. You might just be forced to stay at 135 for a wee bit longer. Um, we did have somebody else sending in a question. Let's see if I can bring it up on my screen now. Yes, yeah, Simon Alavi talking about Ryan Garcia as well. Smido, he said, are we too quick to pour scorn over a fighter after a win? Is that is this reflective of today's society? At the end of the day, Ryan beat an Olympic champion, which was Luke Campbell, who has never been stopped. And all I hear is that he won't beat Lopez or Tank. Whilst that may be true, give the guy his credit, as before the fight, there were people saying he's never fought at Campbell's level before. Shall we all jump on the King Rye train? Well, there was no criticism from me. I, I, I thought it was. I thought it was. Um, like I said when I said last the other week, I thought it was um, pretty perfect matchmaking, genuine matchmaking against someone who's been in and around world level without without making the jump to a world, a world title holder, um, Olympic champion, as you mentioned, Steve. I thought it was. I thought it was 
perfect matchmaking beforehand. Um, obviously, it looks perfect matchmaking afterwards as well, given given how the the fight went and uh, and the result and the emphatic ending for Garcia. I've, there's nothing wrong with that. I think we was all pretty positive about it in terms of um, the performance on the night. What he said afterwards about calling people out, Tank and. He didn't call Haney out on the night, but I think he might have done slightly afterwards. So there was no problem from it for me. He's a young lad that's um, that's entertaining, fun to watch, still got things to learn and points to prove. There's nothing wrong with the likes of, of, of us saying that we think Tank would, would, would still beat him. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, it's good that we're having the conversation. Um, I personally think the Tank fight is un- unlikely because of the... The divides over there, but I think it's good that it's it's in the conversation and, and fair play to him. Absolutely no problem from me. No problem from Smitho. Rapstar Boxing TV has jumped on the stream yard. Good evening. How are you? Hey, I'm doing really well, me old China. Thanks for having me on the panel, Asylum. No problem. What have you got to say for yourself tonight, sir? What are we talking about? We're talking about the lightweights at the moment. Just giving a bit of credit to Ryan Garcia. Um, say, give him his credit for the Luke Campbell win and let's move on. Let's not just hang around saying that he'd get knocked out by Tank, he'd get knocked out by Tiafimo. Let's give him his credit here and, and see what he does next. No, I totally agree, mate. I agree with the last guy. I give Ryan Garcia a lot of credit because the fight that he showed us, he not just only showed us adversity, he showed us he can take a shot and come back in the fight. And the other thing that he showed us in the Ryan Garcia fight I have never seen anybody stop Luke Campbell. There's nobody has stopped Luke Campbell. So by that win, I do give him a lot of credit and he deserves it. I think he's the number three lightweight. I know Devin Haney has the belt, but Devin Haney hasn't fought anybody even as close as Luke Campbell. Do you guys agree to that? I agree to that. Devin Haney saying he's on the Floyd Mayweather trajectory. If you look at his first 25 and Floyd's first 25, bearing in mind, Rapstar, that Floyd was knocking out Diego Corrales in his 25th fight. Do you see the comparisons? No, I don't see the comparisons because if you remember, Floyd at 20 years old or 21 fought Gennaro Hernandez. And Hernandez mm-hmm. was, the, was the champion at that time. And he was defending his belt 10 times. So Floyd, pretty boy Floyd, was ahead of his career when it came to Devin Haney at that age. Floyd was ahead of him. Fair enough. We've got another caller on the line. Rapstar, is there anything else you want to say before we move on there? No, man. Thanks for having us on. But yeah, I think um, Lomachenko is still the boogeyman of the lightweight division. You can't eliminate Lomachenko. Uh, what about the Lomachenko-Lopez rematch? We were talking about it there, saying it wouldn't be in top ranks interest to go there again. Um, I don't know about that. I think at the end of the day, Lomachenko has a lot to do, even at one thirty. Um, does he need the rematch? I think for Lomachenko, he needs the rematch. But Fiafimo, he's chasing his own legacy now. So it's going to be hard to get him the rematch. But if anyone can do it, Bob Arum can do it. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us. See you next time. Thanks, mate. Bye. Rapstar Boxing TV there. From one rap star to the original rap star, rapping Rob Kelly's on the call. How are you, Rob? Rob. And he's gone. Good, good start from Rob on his new phone. That's... <laughs> he's got a Nokia 3210 now. <laughs> he's on the WAP. He's indeed. Here, I'll tell you what, talking about the WAP, uh, so he says, let's have a look here. Oh, he's back with us. Hang on. Let's see. Are you there, Rob? Sorry, I'm there now, dude. What the fuck happened? I can hear so you, well, Rob, you know what? You see, last week, Rob, after your Bell of the Week nomination, I went out to see if I could find, and here it is, Eddie Reynoso, Brutalmente Ernesto. This is a lady <laughs> called Fino Boxing. I thought at first it was maybe Sarah Fina, but it's not. It's Fino Boxing, Rob. And I ask you the question, 
Why have I not seen this before? This is the channel that I could it's get on board with. What do you reckon? I was thinking. Holy uh, mother of God! What does Fe is Fino translation direct translation? I know I know linguist, no, no. but does Fino mean fine? Uh, no, 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 no. Fino means mammaries. That's what that means. That's what I think she's a bit <laughs> more uh, in a different way. Class of Seraphina for in certain aspects. Uh, <laughs> Ser Seraf Seraf Seraphina has her own assets that she can bring to the table. It's a good fantasy match of that one, Steve. Rob, I, mean, <laughs> I know, I know Fino, Fino in Italian means up. So I can, I can certainly see a few things going up. All right. This is it. This is it. Okay. Get down with that. I, I could mean, be brutalmente honest or with her if she wanted me to be. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to say that. Make you want to beg for a buttermilk, eh? Okay? <laughs> <laughs> oh, fake, man. <laughs> you could breastfeed a fresh with them, couldn't you? Also, oh. shout, out to the, shout out to the fans, boys. We've had a few, uh, as you know, over on the boxingasylum.com forward slash blog. We've been putting up a few uh, articles here and there. We've had a few comments. They're not exactly boxing related, but uh, under Frank Warren challenges Eddie Hearn to make the big fights... We have a message here from our friends, Andy. How much does CBD oil cream cost? And their question for us as a boxing podcast is, what can CBD do for dogs? So I'm not sure who's behind that account, but what can CBD do for dogs? That's the question that was coming in under that blog post there. We're talking about girlfriends and wives here, or, what? or talking about actual <laughs> four-legged dogs. Well, it got better, Andy, because, again, the non-boxing crowds, I can only assume, are jumping in. Also under the same blog post, we had a message from Hannah, and she says, is anyone here in a position to recommend tail butt plugs? Cheers, X. Um, I'm not really sure we've got the correct crowd coming over here. Huh. Could be Emily. Does she mean Emily X? What does she mean by that? Is that a cryptic <laughs> message? <laughs> with the, with the, uh, the, the CBD... I uh, I can tell you that there are treats for dogs that will calm them down. If you have very anxious animals, CBD treats are actually very, very good uh, to help. What them. a load of crap. It's called Tamazepine. That's what it's called. But, um, and then uh, the, uh, the, the, uh, the butt plug uh, question. Um, you know, I used to date a chick that had one, but we're not on uh, on speaking terms anymore. Well, welcome to the Boxing Jesus Asylum Christ. podcast. <laughs> From Danny the Asylum to fucking Maddie. <laughs> Jesus Christ. They've all done it. I fell asleep. <laughs> let's move on, shall we? Let's move on. Where should we move on to? That's the question. Where can you go after that? Indeed. Uh, Rob, what, what have you watched over the weekend? Boxing related? Anything interesting? Absolutely, fuck all, man. <laughs> Nothing, nada. Um, there wasn't anything on the zone this week, um, so no Acker Barack, no nothing to report back this week. Very, very tame on the boxing front. Um, watched a couple of old fights as usual, but nothing, uh, nothing. I don't think there was anything fucking on, was there? No, was there? there wasn't. No, 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 no. no. So, um, I watched a bit of uh, bit of Barrera Morales again, which is always good for the soul uh, when there's a lockdown on. So just. Pulling out high, uh, highlights and compilations and stuff like that. I have my uh, avatar there. I'm not sure. I don't know if it's time to get into this or not, but I saw Gadget Grill Boxing from Philly, a good Instagram uh, account, uh, put up a fantasy matchup between B Hop and Marvin Hagler. And to be honest with you, we've done this much fantasy matchup shit in the pandemic. I'm not sure if this one's even been covered before, but uh, Hagler versus B Hop, an intriguing contest for sure. Come on then, Rob, let's have it. Then what do you think, Hagler against Behop? What's your thoughts? I don't know, man. I don't know. I think if, if Hagler gave it up, uh, Southpaw, Behop always did very well against Southpaw's um, path and Kazagi. Um, and the straight right hand. It would, just been a, it would have been a, a battle of the dark arts, I think, between Hagler and Behop. Like, I think people look at kind of our, our generation or 
social media generation have a different opinion of B-Hop as people that saw him beforehand in his middleweight reign. And it, at peak middleweight, peak for peak middleweight between uh, Hagler and B-Hop, almost impossible to call for me. Yeah, so what we're going at, at peak then? So I suppose Hagler would be, um, so that'd be pre-Mugabe. Sort Pre-Mugabe, exactly. Duran. Hearns did, time. Did Hampshire come after that? Oh, Hearns as well, obviously. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, like, could he, could he see B Hop was never getting knocked out by anyone, was he? Like, so no, could he no. wear him down? Both of them could have potentially done 15 rounds. Nick Hopkins was a 12 round fighter, a 15 round fighter fighting 12 rounds. Like, so be interested to hear what the lads think, but um, I think maybe Hopkins might steal it in a in an ugly um chess match, but who knows? But it would have been some fight. I actually think Rob might be right, Andy. I was tentatively siding with that as well. B-Hop were going after Trinidad through the sort of Eastman reign. Um, not Sharifi, what do you call that French guy he fought? Anyway, all them type of boys who got sort of prime B-Hop before the Jermaine Taylor fights. I tell you what, it'd be tough. I might actually side with B-Hop's dark arts getting this one. Yeah, I'm a bit used to the head and stuff, grappling. Um, remember as well, Hagler being in Southpaws, uh, as Rob says, Good power, um, could up it a few gears in that as well as and the thing with Hopkins, as, as Rob mentioned, early half his middleweight career, he could he could slug it out. Um, as he got kind of like more kind of like you know polished, shall we say, he was kind of like more e- economical. Um, it's a close one actually. Um, distance fight, I would say, without doubt. I don't think Hopkins Definitely. knocked him out. No, I don't, no. Think, I don't think there are any knockdowns either. To be honest with, you. um, eh, I. I I, don't, I really don't know, actually. It's a very close fight. You could probably side the uh, cases for both guys and that. Um, I mean, I'd put on, like, prime Hagler. I think as well, see if Tommy was in here, actually. I, I bet you Tommy would be ripping Hagler's uh, middleweight reign in that because of like, who he fought in that. So, you can't rip Hagler's middleweight. I always heard Tommy making that argument, and I, I, I don't agree with it, man. I think Hagler I had a fantastic middleweight reign. It's just because he kind of like supposedly fought the kind of like the, the smaller guys, like obviously like there's Duran mm. in there. You know, Leonard was like probably a, a kind of career bona fide welterweight anyway, like middleweight. Um, yeah, I think about it, actually, I think maybe Hopkins would win it, I said, but it's very close, very, very close. Boys in the chat sending off here Motor City Cobra says Hopkins wouldn't have held him off, uh, Hagler would have torn up B Hop. Uh, Joe Kennedy says Leonard stronger than Hopkins? Question mark. D'Souza said would have liked to see Hagler versus Katie Hopkins. Uh, Matty, anything from you? I, I think too many people go on recent memory and they think about um, they think about the Bernard Hopkins that was fighting at 175 pounds. You know, you got to remember he just jumped 168 and he still had catchweight fights at 170 years after he um, went to 175 pounds. The uh, the Hopkins at 160 um, was, a, I mean, he was a pretty sizable middleweight uh, at the end of the day. Um, I, I just, I, I agree with Andy. I think this is a distance fight for sure. And um, it would, the one thing that would be interesting, because um, you know, like I said, I, I agree, toss up. Really, it's a distance toss up fight, but that's over 12 rounds. 15 rounds could be a totally different dis- uh, discussion. Kaiser Koba makes an interesting point. He says Hagler would be too busy behind the right jab. Nick's a 7-5 decision. thing is about Hopkins, though, Andy, towards the end of his career, he did become that sort of uh, uh, jab and grab type of merchant. I'm, I'm doing him a real disservice here, throwing the right hand, taking people down to his pace. But if you look at the version he fought against Tito Trinidad, I'm not saying he was throwing like Johnny Tapia amount of punches, but he threw a lot more punches. 
you know, he wasn't afraid to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Trinidad when he needed to through combinations. That earlier version of Hopkins would be more, a lot more active. If, if Hagler was throwing, Hopkins would have either brought him down to his level or thrown a lot more with him. I think Hopkins would have adapted, uh, is what I'm saying, to Hagler's output. Mm -hmm. yeah, but the other thing as well is if you look, remember back to the Hopkins fight against Pascal, I think it was the rematch and stuff, you know, uh, Hopkins came out there urgently get the punches going, people were really surprised because usually Hopkins was cagey, was kind of like manoeuvring about the ring, popping jabs off. Was Again, mate, you know, Hopkins could go through an entire round and throw seven punches and maybe still win the round in that, or maybe just shade it, or maybe even ask a question that he maybe won the round in that. You know, but there's sometimes that he could come out there and really put it on uh, on opponents and stuff. I just, I just think, um, you know, You've got very many versions of kind of Hopkins and stuff, but I, you've got to say that the Trinidad performance is probably him at his, at his absolute peak at that point. So we take that version and Hagler at his peak would be, what I say, but remember the Minter fights and stuff like that, uh, pent up aggression and stuff. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think Hopkins would, would need to find moments to kind of try and tame Hagler and that because you can see Hagler at times. Who, by the way, he, Hagler could box himself in a distance in that as well. But uh, you could just say you could just see you say um, you know Hopkins jabbing right hand here you know kind of fall inside and kind of like as he as he usually does when when the light when the referee's on the blind side and that he's kind of like digging maybe kidney shots and you know punches behind the ear and that or into the body or into the gut or stomach and stuff you know just kind of like keeping things kind of like dirty and just kind of like dragging it down as you say his pace and that and um, but if Hagler can make him fight at a pace and that as well especially if we're talking. Kind of like mid thirties Hopkins and stuff. You could you could maybe see him walking a wee bit and that doing the stretch and stuff over fifteen rounds. But uh, Tommy Box would have had to Tommy Box would have had to put a, a punch that out for the most punches on the hip and uh, the most eye gouges <laughs> and headbutts in one fight between the two. That would have been some fight, man. Fuck me, elbows, you name it. I mean, these these questions are a bit of a nightmare for, for a casual like me, but I think there is some comparisons between the two because. They they both I think they both at middleweight had to wait for the biggest paydays to come to them. Oscar, um Sugar Ray, Duran, etc. They they weren't they weren't middleweights, but both Hagler and, and Hopkins, who had long reigns at middleweight, had to kind of wait for wait for challenges to come to them from lower weights, if you see what I mean. But I mean I used to think Hopkins was boring back in the day when I first got into boxing, but I think as time's gone on. And you watch fights back, like the Trinidad fight, like the Pavlik fight. I know that was at super middle. Like you just appreciate him more as as time as time's gone on. And he was he was a masterful boxer in in the way that he did it. And to be honest, he didn't really give a fuck about what anyone said or thought of him. And, and fair play straight, for it. Straight right hand is really got to think would be a key to that fight with the way Hines was able to find Hagler with the straight right, although albeit for one round until Hagler turned the fight on its head. But um. He was kind of susceptible to that right, right hand shot. And there was no one better than countering and throwing it straight down the pipe than B Hop. So again, we could talk about this one until the cows come home. Like, but that's yeah. what he would do though. He would throw that right hand and then he would just kind of like he would throw it, but he would put the head down, protect the chin at all times, and as he throws the right hand, it kind of like full extension, he then fall in, grapple with you, and maybe like with a the few head. shots, uh, or a few shots to kind of like in the body and stuff. I like let the referee break you up, and then he's back on the jab, moving the room with the ring and stuff. You just wonder if Hagler would get, you know, Hagler got frustrated with Leonard's movement. You just wonder if Hopkins might be doing the same with Hagler. Well, that's where I think John, John David Jackson didn't get enough credit for the for the Kovalev win. Although Prime Kovalev at the time, 175 Kovalev, the crusher, the actual epitome of the crusher. He doesn't get John David Jackson never got the credit for masterminding that because Pascal fell for that 
every time over the two fights. That straight right hand and fall into it, hit you with the head or then put you in a clinch, break up the rhythm. But Kovalev stepped back, saw him coming, like was waiting for the for the reach, stepped back, dropped the right hand over it. And Hopkins after that was like, fuck this, I'm yeah. in survivor mode for the rest of this he fight. Was, fuck he this. Was, he was sharp shooting them with the right hands, Pascal, wasn't he? Yeah. That last round was class, wasn't it? When Hopkins yeah. gave it the old tongue out and then Kovalev was like, right, let's get a business. And hit that. I, I wanted that fight stopped, to be honest. I think it was getting dangerous. There you go. That's he was he had some tools against Southpaws though. I mean, he uh, Hopkins he had he was able to uh, to to uh, kind of to catch the right jab and then shoot the hook right off of it too. I mean, he the man. That, I mean, he was a true student of the game. I mean, there there really wasn't a, a shot that you had that he didn't have some sort of tool for. the The only real method that we saw to go about beating him was to to outwork him. Uh, through volume from distance like that's that's the way that you're that you have to, that you have to do it. you have to keep them at distance and just outwork them um and there's very few fighters with the uh, physical dimensions to do that uh, shout to jim mcdonald boxing who threw in a super chat he said big up yourselves lads best pod in the business thank you jim thank you very much indeed let's move on to another question from des des can ask as many questions as he likes let's be honest here smido he said i'd like to see eubank jr versus charlo but we'll probably end up with Chris Eubank Jr. against Smith, Liam Williams, or Kel. What's your preferred one and who wins? Also, thoughts on the Charlo fight. I do think that Eubank Jr. probably will end up fighting against Charlo. Um, he's got, although he's got that Soyland deal now, hasn't he, instead of the old PBC? Anyway, as for Liam Williams, I hope he gets his shot. I think Kel Book's pretty much done and he's cashing his name out now. And I have absolutely zero interest, uh, Smido, in seeing anything Liam Smith related. No offence to you, Liam, if you're listening, but I couldn't care less whether he fights again or retires. Um, so there you go. Smith, Williams, Kel against Eubank. What do you think, Smith? Well, I think it's a positive that Eubank has, has signed with um, with, with Saul and um, Eubank um as many fighters was what was a chief victim of, of 2020's covid chaos and um, he's not fought for for 13 months um on the charlo thing i'm that much of a casual i don't even know the difference between the charlo so i don't bother watching them um i see the highlights some highlight real knockouts and um it would probably be a good fight with with eubank but i think first he's gonna it is gonna be one of them the williams kel brooks being thrown into the mix but i think that's that's a bad idea for for all parties um but the likes of Williams, um, Smith, those kind of guys, I think, yeah, good, good, um, good ones for Eubank to get back into. But such a disappointing career, Eubank. Like, you know, he's 30, thirty-one now. He just you get he fights like once a year, maybe twice a year if we're lucky, and you know, some absolute draw, some decent wins in there as well. Um, but yeah, the Korobov fight that that that's the one that had the unsatisfactory ending, isn't it? The yeah. Korobov. So I mean, so he's fought like he's. You know, he's fought 13, 13 and a half rounds in two years. I mean, yeah, it's not. And then we're changing trainers. Are we in America? Are we with Roy Jones? Are we with the old man Davis? Do you know what I mean? It's it's. Are we signing to fight Billy Joe? Are we falling out? Blah blah blah. Um, he's got. He's a likable fighter. Eubank when he gets. He's, you know, he's ent he's entertaining when he in and out the ring. But I think the 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 bottom line is he stepped up twice, and it, the two best fighters he's faced, he's lost. You can say what you want about the second half of the Billy Joe fight, but you know he stepped up. And then he went. And then he went a few years after Billy Joe fighting, you know, B grade people or guys that were over the hill, including Arthur Abraham. And then he fought George Groves and got beat soundly. 
never looked like the winning. Kyle Bob fight was a shame to me, though, because I think that was the perfect fight for him. Obviously, Kyle Bob has, has issues because it happened again in a recent fight with him. I was watching, I can't remember who it was against. After a couple of rounds, I think it was the, the thigh or the ankle this time went. So, obviously, you know, he's made out of China, but I think that was the perfect fight for Eubank, and it was a shame it ended the way it did. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right, and that, that might have lent itself to a, a move with the PBs uh, to... Um, thrust him further up with the PBC. Um that PBC hookup for, for Eubanks not really not really worked out, has it to be honest. He's been he's fought James DeGale um over here on ITV pay per view. He's fought JJ McDonough on the Super Six final undercard <laughs> block. Do you know what I mean? It's not it's just so stop start and if he could if he would be a perfect matchroom fighter, Chris Eubank. He's got this backstory. He can do a bit of talking. He's got the style. They would put him in with some. They're taking mid. They're taking, but I don't think he, they want to sign with him. His dad's probably telling him, you know, don't sign with him. Yeah, I think you're right. Up. I think you're probably right, Steve. But it's been, but it's a detriment to to his career. And to be honest, the Sau, if you want to be honest about it, the Sauerlands are just an extension of Matchroom anyway. Matchroom Europe. If yeah, you yeah like. that's fair. That's so fair. he's gonna, so he's gonna end up on Matchroom shows anyway. So brutalmente on our store there from. I'm gonna say. We want to be honest. Yeah. You're a fucking bum. You're a fucking asshole. I hope you fucking die. But Eubank's career is in danger of just passing by. Like, like I say, he's 31. He trains. He's, he trains really hard. Um, and all year round, as far as as far as social media is concerned. So, you know, maybe that could. Maybe he's not going to have the longest career because of that. Um, I know that that sounds daft because obviously because he's never out of shape, but he looks like he's he's really hitting his body hard all year round. And if you're not, if you're doing that and not fighting and not getting paid, that's not good, is it? So I, I hope it does well for him this uh, this Sowell and um, hookup. But he's going to end up on a matchroom undercard within the next three or four months. I think he'd be competitive with Charlo. I, I'm a fan of Charlo, and Charlo's a couple of levels above. But Charlo lets fights drift. You know, he doesn't throw that many punches. And if one thing Eubank is Smith, he's fit. And he, he keeps throwing, so I think that will keep him in the fight and keep him competitive. If not beating Charlo, I think he'll lose on points. Yeah, but. He, he is he is fit and does look the pot, but the the the, te the technique just didn't. There. He got showed up by George Groves like badly. I thought at times, like that's that's not good enough. That it, I don't think it's not good enough. And he's one of them fighters. And I've always said he thinks he hits harder than he does. Referee stop. Referee stoppage if Charlo fights Eubank. Uh, Eubank isn't going twelve. Yeah, fair, fair enough. Uh, Michael Thompson's thrown in a super chat. Thank you to you, Michael, very much indeed. He said, thoughts on the matchroom announcement, lads? Well, don't worry, we are going to be moving on to that very shortly on this episode 406. Smido, the voice of uh, Hardcore Boxing. Yeah, get me on that. Get me on that, Michael. I'll tell you what, Smid, you're putting the effort in tonight. Rob Kelly's here as well. Matty DJ, Leonardo, Andy Patterson, everybody in the chat's having a great time. We're talking about stuff, even though there isn't that much stuff to talk about. Let me see if I can bring this up right now. Uh, on the old Twitters earlier, Eddie was getting busy, as usual. According to ESPN UK, uh, they're reporting here, Rob, Anthony Joshua versus Tyson Fury has been agreed. Eddie Hearn has told the Times. Well, if Eddie Hearn says it, Rob, must be true. Rob's that excited. He hasn't even unmuted himself. What do you think, Rob? Tyson Fury against Anthony Joshua. It's agreed, according to Eduardo. What, are we in a fucking time warp? Didn't he agree this last year? What the fuck is this? Yeah. Like, back to the future. Announcement stake, you know. Every time there's a pandemic, uh, a tier five lockdown, there's an announcement about Joshua and Fury. Like, fuck off. Maybe they're, maybe they're both of them are just, they're not humans at all. They're just giant 5G masks and they're, uh, they're going to fucking affect the whole world with COVID. I don't know, man. What the fuck is that about? Like, it's, we know it's a fucking done deal. Who else are they going to fight for fuck's sake? 
They have to fight each other. This is a joke. If this fight doesn't happen in 2021, I don't want to fucking see it in 2022. It's already a year past the sell-by day because of the pandemic. So let's get let's have it now. Like no point either of the two of these fighting somebody else. Zero point. So if Eddie's not if he's about it and this is really happening, just fucking get it done. Like so tell us when it's on instead of telling us that it's going to happen. Even Evening, Ed. Evening, absolutely. Matty, what's your view from stateside? Uh, Joshua is going to conquer America. He got conquered by Andy Ruiz. Fury seems to have made a better fist of it with those two fights over Wilder. What interest do you have in this one? I I, I think this is one of the, the better fights to to uh, to see just because it's nice to see the heavyweight boxing uh, division get cleaned out. I think that's always a good thing. A unified heavyweight champion is very cool. It's kind of like you're, you're climbing the mountain of giants. Um, so I, I, hopefully it happens. I hope they're not bullshitting us in any way, uh, in regards to this fight. Um, I really, really like Fury to, to win though. I, he's got so many tools and I think the only mistake that he could really make would kind of be like he made with, uh, with Wilder and that's just leaving himself open just, you know, by being him, the different story is going to not, is going to be. Um, that he's not going to have to be trying to avoid that uh, right hand from distance. He's going to have to be looking out for uh, a, a left, uh, left or even right uppercut from uh, from mid range. You know, Anthony Joshua has great uppercuts, both hands. Uh, ask Vladimir Klitschko, man, he uh, stretched him out like a fucking slinky. Um, and uh, so it, it it could be it should be a really good fight. Um, I I I think that. Um, my my hunch is, is Fury on points, but we shall see. Uh, I, I do just – I hope it happens this year. Uh, the fans deserve it. The world's been through hell. Just give us something, please. Well, Eddie Hearn said it's going to happen, so you can take that to the bank. And, and, and ca ca cash out those Ugandan dollars. A few of the boys are talking. I've heard this one, a few other podcasts as well. Other podcasts are available. Uh, White fighting Monaco and AJ fighting in Dubai. Dubai, Saudi Arabia, Malaysia has been mentioned. I find it incomprehensible that this fight's going to end up like you know in Dubai in front of a thousand socially distanced people paying thousands of dollars. It just it just seems so so strange and wrong. But I mean, if that's the way it, it's going to have to happen economically, then that's the way it's going to have to be, I suppose. Do you, do you put any credence into that? Uh, well, when it comes to money and Eddie Hearn and that, then and yeah, I mean, of course. But um, why is he the only one doing all the talking here? By the way, I mean, he's been talking here for the last two, three days, or comments. Well, he talks about back. everything, doesn't he? He has an opinion on yeah. everything, whether it's his fighter or not. He has an opinion, so he gets in the news, and everything you see coming through on your feeds is Eddie Hearn thinks this about this, Eddie Hearn thinks that about that. He, he wants to control the narrative. Yeah, we've not heard nothing to Bob Arum, who have a say in it. Frank Warren will definitely have a say in it as well. Um, you know, I don't know well, if he will. Well, well hang on, so we're still going about the situation that you're going to get sorted out. You know, so, you know, there's probably need to be money paid paid there for him to step aside to get that, that contract ended and stuff. Um there's issues here. So you know, I think I think Wilder's bluffing. I think Wilder's sending wolf tickets over that fucking contract man. I think if he wanted that rematch he could have had it. Um I really, really believe that that there's something in that contract that gets him out of that or they wouldn't have made the announcement. That's just my feeling on it, but I don't I yeah. think if Wilder really wanted that fight he would he could have had it. I just think if it were close to a deal um Something would have been said, but now actually, I just, I just think we're, 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 I mean, I'm not saying like they've, they've not had talks and there's no, there's no agreements in place verbally, or whatever, and that. Um, this is, you know, it's, it's, this is boxing, and we made the hands concerned that you know, if something comes out, you know, we're, we're working to this date, working to that date, 
Um, you know, end of the day, fucking, the world's not, you know, we keep saying it. We're all locked in again. They can't, they can't fly anywhere. Um, you know, elite level athletes now. You know, why should they be treated differently? You know, like if you go to be locked in, you know, I'm not going to pay you to watch you fuckers go abroad there and fight. Um, this is the fight I want to go to. So, um, the longer it gets delayed, the better for me, as far as I'm concerned. But uh, yeah, it needs to happen. Uh, without doubt, this year, without doubt, um, I'm not really fussed about the two fight deal. I just need to see the fight once, and if it goes, well, I think it will go. There will no need for a rematch, and. Uh, that's it, really. But yeah, we, we need something this year, don't we? Um, as I say, between now and f- end of February, and that, there is some cards on and that, but um, they're very, very spread, kind of spread out and stuff. And we need, uh, we need, we need a big fight, don't we? We really need a big fight. I think it'll happen. Um, I don't. It would be, it would be worse if we could have crowds in the UK and it happened abroad. But if we can't have crowds in the UK anyway, I don't care where it's happening. It can. I don't. I don't care as long as long as it happens. Um, but it, like I say, it'd be more disappointing if there was crowds and we could have ninety thousand at Wembley, but they still go to the Middle East. Um, but um, there's could be in could be in COVID-free New Zealand. Well, what, why, why not? What's the over under on how much skin the ring card girls are showing? Uh, in Saudi Arabia, probably none. <laughs> 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 it. Um, but no, we mentioned Wilder. Obviously, Usyk's in the equation as well. Um, so, so that one's there. It's interesting what's going to happen with the belts. Um, I don't really care about the belts, to be honest. If they get fragmented or not, but you know, I think it should be all or or none. So, if the WBO want to play hardball, I think they should just drop them all, save themselves a few quid. Um, yeah, I can I can see it happening. Frank's been quiet. I don't think he's is really that relevant in it in it for me um he's just a uk tv channel output for tyson fury nothing more than that i think bob will will play play more cards than him but yeah we keep getting told you know there's a, a deal done in principle blah 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 that was six months ago for god's bob, sake bob's gonna have to get a move on no harm to him smido the fella's nearly 90 yeah but he keeps he keeps going doesn't he don king's still in the boxing game so bob, bob's got uh, bob's could have another decade that's, left that's debatable that's really debatable <laughs> I mean, that card he's got on, that's not happening, like, but Chris Lovejoy's <laughs> going to be, like, begging for another payment. He's going to be out in the streets, like, Bruno shortly, begging for um, a payment. Also, um, with this with this proposed uh, Joshua Fury fight, I don't want to hear about a two-fight deal. That that annoys me. I don't mind rematches, but not when it's pre not pre-planned to two-fight deal. But you might as well have a three-fight deal. If you're going to have a two-fight deal, why not have a three-fight deal? Do you know what I mean? It does, Let's it, have a one-fight deal first. Exactly, exactly, there. Steve. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I'm not interested in in you know booking in to, booking in rematches. Why did why did we need a, a three-fight deal with Wilder or rematch clause with Wilder? A Fury absolutely battered him. I think it like, takes away from the first. I fight think then, it does. Steve. You've always I got that back yeah. What if it, it almost doesn't out. matter as much? I want it to be. I want you, everyone, to be all in. So the both the both there. Fury's the lineal. Joshua's got three belts. They're all in. 50-50, all-in, split different, got BT pay-per-view, Sky pay-per-view, and split pay-per-views in America. Everyone's all-in. See what happens. If, if someone wins in two rounds, I'm not interested in a rematch. No need. What, what I, I feel like the reason it's a two-fight deal is because Tyson's cashing out. Yeah, but we could have said that before Wilder, after he just fought two idiots. 
I think the two fight deals a smokescreen. It's like the whenever you're putting up a shit fight. Do you remember when AJ fought Molina and and it was a real bad fight, but then they brought Klitschko into the ring at the end. I think the two fight deal is like adding a bit of extra value, a bit of gravitas to it to make it. Uh, you know, uh, that's what I think. I don't think it means anything. Plus, any good lawyer, Smido, will get you out of the deal. You know, if you all the sanctioning bodies will get you out of the deal if, if need be. I'll just retire. Plus, but like in theory, the, the two fight deal means nothing because fighting either of these two, you have to have a rematch clause no matter who the fuck you are. So if they're fighting each other, obviously the loser has a rematch clause. Like that's just yeah, going to be part of point. the deal. So I, that's another yeah, kind of that's, non-story. That's a point, but yeah, exactly. Non-story. You don't need to tell us about it. Just just get just get the fight done. Um, uh, for what it's worth, I think, I think Fury absolutely boxes rings around Joshua, to be honest. I think it's a one-sided fight. One-sided fights us, Mido. One side. on this matchroom shit. Yeah, we're getting on to it now. Don't worry, don't worry. We'll come to we'll come to Smido you first. Asylum. <laughs> the voice of hardcore darts getting stuck in here. Uh, so we'll give everybody a chance to talk about the the cards. One might last longer than the other. Let's have a look here. Let's get the list up. Then first of all, uh, matchroom's 2021 schedule has launched Mido on Saturday, the February the 13th, as undefeated featherweight king Josh Warrington faces Mexico's Mauricio Lara. He's a poor man's Erislandia Lara, as far as I'm concerned. Also on that card, Smido, is Zelfa Barrett against Kiko Martinez, Lee Wood against unbeaten Doncaster man Reese Mould, and uh, Dalton Smith against Lee Appleyard. Getting into the good stuff now. And Hopi Price against Johnny Phillips. What do you think about this one? Um, the main events were definitely disappointing, isn't it? I mean, I'm not really going to bring any new information to the table. It's already been well spoken about on Twitter, but this Lara uh, wasn't even in the rankings. Um, uh, is it what I mean? What titles Josh Warrington got? Is it IBF something like that? IBF, yeah. It wasn't even in the rankings last month. He's not fought at the weight for God knows how long. Um, he's never been scheduled for a twelve rounder until now. It's just all a bit of a joke, to be honest, isn't it? Um, it's just shit. It's just, it's just just shit. Simple as that. We was, I mean, there was on about that Kanzu, another fighter that I don't know a lot about, but I know he's a lot better than Maurizio. Lara. That would have been all right, Smith. I would have took that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not denying it, but um. I mean, yeah, the the. I mean, fair enough. If you if it's got all political with this Kanzu, right? Don't just don't bother fighting. I would rather Josh Warrington not fight than fight this idiot on Sky, and then you know being the first show back of the year, and it, it's shite. It, it's shite to be honest. Um, uh, Lee Wood, Reese Mould. I like Lee Wood. I know Lee Wood. Um, British title for him. That would be that would be nice for him. But I think it's a fight he's going to win quite easily. Reese Mould's thirteen. I know, but he's only fought one kid with a winning record. Um, so good luck to Lee there. Kiko Martinez, I mean, he got, I mean, how many Brits does he want to be beaten by in his career? Um, particularly ones under the matching bar- uh, banner. I do like Zelfa Barrett. I think he's got um, he's got good potential. So, um, you know, Kiko's still going. I mean, to to think that Kiko Martinez is only thirty four blows my mind. Like he's, o- he's-, he's only thirty four. That's what it says on. That's what it says on. That's what it says on hey, Boxtrack. I, I thought he was old enough to be high risk for COVID. Holy shit! Like, I, remember, was, I remember him with a full head of hair. So did Steve. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> like he was fighting Cole Frampton's um, eight years ago. Like literally, it'll be yeah, eight years. He's supposed to fight Wayne McCulloch in the Ulster Hall in 2007, and he failed to make the weight. I sat and watched him yeah, get beat off wow. Carol Frampton at the Irish Bar in Spain, actually, back in 2014. That's six years ago. That's six, that's seven years ago, actually. Jesus Christ. I'm getting yeah, old. He, 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 he strolled past Bernard me. Done. He strolled past me on the way out to knock out Bernard Dunn. Yeah, I just came out of his <laughs> dressing room. I was trying to walk back to the They were trying to walk back to my seat, but I was walking out like the way the fighters come, because that was the way I was after coming in. And the, the security was like, what are you doing, pal? Get the fuck back. He goes, you have to go around. Like I was like, bastard, anyway. So I come out, like Brian Peters came in and he was like, 
uh, Manny, you have to come out and see us do our thing. Manny was looking at him like, what? like, Bernard Dunn coming in this week, Caroline, or whatever the fuck it was. And uh, Manny Stewart, imagine saying that to him. Like, But anyway, he fucking, uh, so I come out anyway. But so basically, by the time I get back to my seat after going around the arena, the fight's fucking over. Like, Dunn's after getting dropped twice. Like, so by the time I made it from where I was to back to get to my seat, uh, Keith goes after doing a number on him. Absolutely pulverizing that night, didn't he? Like, fucking and big, he's still big going concert. to this day, Robbie's still going. And someone called me on the way, someone phoned me on the way and was like, Fucking, they were showing highlights of Martinez or something. They were like, go and lump on this fella like he's going to knock out Dunn. Like. <laughs> so, anyway. Great the, the conclusion to that February the 13th is the undercards half decent, the main events um, disappointing. I, I know why it's happened, but it is shit. Um, and Shannon Courtney, I mean, it's a good job Ozzy ain't on really this weekend. I well, fucking hate, I fucking Shannon, hate women's where, boxing. Like, but where's, where's Shannon she, Courtney? She's, she's on that in a six-rounder against TBA as a warm-up for a world title fight against Rachel Ball in one of the later shows, which uh-huh. is March the something, April the 10th, the last of the this run of shows. I, I mean, yeah, don't right. get me started on that. Like, don't get me started. Um, hey, Rob, anything, anything on this card from you? It's on the screen if you want to know who's who. Josh Warrington against Laura in the main event, Rob. If it ain't on the zone, Josh Yeah, exactly. I love Josh Warrington, but... Um... I think this is this is a political one, is it, or a COVID one, or what? what he was supposed to fight Kanzu, was he? Kanzu kick it, yeah. Uh, and he's fighting Maurizio Lara. Lara, fucking who, who the fuck is this guy? Like I've never seen him fight. I don't know who he is. I couldn't pick him out of a lineup. So I'd imagine Warrington is just swarming. Anything less than a good performance for him, though, like it's not going. It's not a great look. Um, even though he can't, he hasn't got any de- decision over who the opponent is when shit like this happens at, la- at the last minute. But you want to see Warrington moving on now after the Galahad fight. Um, and get himself into some some big name fights, and this is not one of them. So, a forgettable card from Matchroom, evening aid. The problem is, though, he might end up fighting Kid Galahad again. I was just going to say that, Andy. That's Galahad's trying to find his way back in line, trying to draw up some interest, isn't he? Please, no, I don't want to see that. That's (laughs) awful. But no, what I was going to say is, is is Kanzu no an Al Heyman fighter? Yes. So, no wonder how he can get that fight across. Is he? I thought Kanzu was with Golden Boy at one point, wasn't he? Was he? Uh, maybe not. I might be confusing him with somebody. I think I watched an interview in the week and it said he was um, a Heyman fighter, yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. But he's fought in Oscar shows before, as you know. I think he might be his promoter, but uh, I'll be his manager, basically. <laughs> uh, what, do you, what do you think about the lot? Would you, would you, Andy, be in favour of him fighting Lara just to get the cobwebs off and get him in front of the Sky audience? Is that the idea, rather than leaving him on the shelf any longer? Because he didn't fight at all in, in 2020. Yeah, I suppose that is, mate. He needs a fight. Um, probably needs a payday and that as well, like everybody else and stuff. So, yeah, he needs a fight of some sort. Um, it just, even with this and that, you know, it's just a shame because, you know, Kanzu is, is probably the best fight for the fans, at least, to be made there. Um, and I have got no interest, even, even as a warm up, tune up, retirement fight, I've got zero interest in seeing a rematch with Kid Galahad. Done whatsoever. I would rather vacate the belt. Then get involved with that again. Uh, Jazza Dickens would be a, a far acceptable opponent, as far as I'm concerned. Mark McZio would be um, a good opponent for him. Um, but I think yeah. McZio's high with the WBO, isn't he, Andy? He's probably waiting his turn. I think he might have failed weight at one point. Or was that Jack Tapora? I can't yeah, remember. Jack Tapora, mate. Tapora. Um, but like, and- what's the point for for Warrington to, to be taking these type of fights after moving to match room? I mean, surely the ambition, like Frank, I thought did pretty well for him. Um, he did, he did, yeah. I thought he did really well for him, like getting a world title. Like, what the fuck is he fighting? Like, any of those guys, they're good, good opponents, but what are they doing for him in terms of like 
where he should be now with his career. Like. They need content, you know. I mean, I think it comes down to that at the end of the day. But if you, I mean, if you look at this and, and this without knowing anything about the opposition, these are the kind of fights where the uh, the where the stage could be set for an upset out of nowhere or a fight that you think is going to be a quick stoppage ends up going into the cards and is shockingly hard. If he doesn't take this seriously, uh, you know, it, it just these could, you run into these hungrier fighters. They're from places where, uh, you know, they could use a few more bucks than any of us could really. And they'll fight your ass off for it. Um, so we'll, we'll see what, what, what happens with this one. But, uh, you know, if he's not taking it seriously, you know, you, you could see him, uh, you know, lose now like Tommy Morrison did. And what was that like 1994? That's Michael Bench. Uh, that is a possibility always every time anyone steps in the ring, but I can't see it with Warrington. I think he'll do a, a professional job. I think Eddie bought him to try and reinforce that Northern stronghold. He's a big ticket seller, ideally, in any other situation. And he would be t- selling tickets, and I think he's just dealing with them the best he can. But I think the content is an interesting point as well. He needs he needs fighters, and Warrington fits the bill. Let's move on to Smido to the second one then. Russia's European welterweight champion, David Avanissian. Uh, I'd ho- I wouldn't hold your breath on this one until they're actually standing opposite, opposite each other in the ring against Josh Kelly. A banter king, Florian Marku, going in against Ryland Charlton, who I believe is the guy beat Joe Laws. Anthony Fowler faces Spain's formidable Jorge Fortea. And then you've got Amy Timlin against Carly Skelly. That's right up your street as well there. Smid, what about this one? Um, yeah, this is um, well. This is the Josh Kelly one, isn't it? So we've been waiting for this for for God knows how long. I know that the hardcore Twitter audience is is one for for taking on Josh Kelly. I think Josh Kelly will win that fight. To be honest, I'm I'm kind of against the grain, but it is I actually good... do as well, Smido, for what it's worth. Well, I mean, when we agree, Steve, the world we, the world is our oyster. But I think that um, I think it's yeah, it's a perfectly um, good fight for Kelly and one that he needs. Um, he's still got a lot to prove, and that's why there's a lot of doubters about him. But, but yeah, he's um, he, he needs to get out there and do it. And it's a coin toss kind of fight on the on the bookmakers as well. So I've got a lot of time for that fight. Um, that's absolutely perfect Saturday night fodder for me. Um, Fowler's taking on some absolute idiot. I hope Fowler gets beat again. Not interested in Florian Marku. Johnny Fisher makes his debut. Not interested, and I'm not interested in women's boxing. So that's probably about 45 minutes worth of viewing for me on that night. Uh, Post fight pod, Smith, are you up for it or no? <laughs> Uh, yeah, if the main event's decent, but I ain't talking about any of that other shit. Yeah, Avanessi and Kelly, Rob, is an intriguing one that we've been waiting for a long time. I'm picking Kelly just because I know from experience in this game, you think Avanessian's nailed on to do a job, and then Kelly just goes and beats him, and us hardcore boxing fans just get left with egg on our faces. Well, I don't know. I'd have to see something more from Kelly to show me that I think he's going to beat Avanessian. Not that I think Avanessian is any great shakes either, to be honest with you. I don't want to be sounding like I'm bigging him up like he's this killer. I don't really think he is. I saw Josh Kelly struggle badly against Ray Robinson uh, on the big stage. and Who's not a bad he... fighter, Rob? He's not a bad fighter, Ray Robinson. No, he's not. But he's not like he's not a name that we you know constantly crops up on the pod. I think yeah. it was probably the, 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 the next time we've mentioned him since that fucking fight happened. Like, or when we were talking about Josh Kelly. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, he's a capable fighter, but... If Josh Kelly is this guy, the second coming of Roy Jones, this supremely gifted athlete, this uh, slick boxer with supreme confidence, then he's got to deal with Ray Robinson. You know, you look at Ryan Garcia talking himself up, talking himself up, coming on a big reputation. I'm not saying it's any, it's a fraction of that even for Josh Kelly, but he is getting a considerable amount of hype. He gets the superlatives from the Sky team. Adam Smith can't stop raving about him. 
uh, with his quadruple and five left hooks in a row against uh, road sweepers. No disrespect, but um, road sweepers. No disrespect. <laughs> <laughs> no but, disrespect to all the road sweepers out there. <laughs> exactly, but um, but. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, the jury's out for me on Josh Kelly. Now, it might be a coming out performance where he goes out and absolutely dazzles. Wouldn't rule that out. Maybe get a stoppage and really be, you know, bite down and show us something that he hasn't shown us before. But I've said from the start, I'm not convinced. I've heard other people in the sport as well talk him up a lot. So people see him more than we do, I guess. And they, they might know how good he is behind the scenes. But it's like in soccer, we hear these fellas are unbelievable in training. It's about doing it on the big stage. So this is a relatively big stage, probably the biggest fight of his career. Uh, there was talk, he ducked out of it a couple of times. I don't know. I'd have to I'd have to wait and see. I, like I said, I wouldn't rule out him coming out and dazzling in this fight, but to me that doesn't mean that much because I'm not that high on Avanessian either. So. Yeah, I think Avanessian's solid. He does things well. Marty Smith says, watch this fight be a draw after being cancelled and delayed mm. for months on end. I would not be surprised at all, Andy. I think the thing is with Kelly, Rob um, Rob Kelly there, hit the nail on the head about Josh Kelly. I think Josh Kelly's decent. He has a bit of potential. But as soon as they see a little sparkle in him, a little flash, and drops the hands, all of a sudden they're comparing these guys to the likes of Roy Jones and yeah. all these, fellas, you know, these amazing fighters. I think he's been put up on that pedestal by Bean and Hearn. And the same with Haney being compared to Mayweather by Hearn. It does them no favours whatsoever. Kelly could turn out to be a very good, skilled fighter. I don't think he actually will go that far, to be honest. But I think he'll probably squeak past Avanessian. But there's no, there's no need to big him up that much, as Rob says, because he's hitting people with multiple left hooks. We haven't seen anything yet to suggest he's going to be anywhere near a Roy Jones, one of the greatest fighters of your generation. Just pure pressure, really. And that. You kind of like, you put the, the onus on the fighter like, to be great early doors. and that. Not everybody's going to win a world title or, you know, go past domestic uh, or European level, which I think Kelly is, actually. You know, that, Rob's comments go, go back months and that. He says, you show me a good fighter uh, that Kelly fights and he lands a triple left hook the likes of, like, Pete Roy Jones. He just he can't do it. Yeah. Show me a fella's not going to duck. That's what, exactly. that's what I mean. After he's, five fucking left hooks, fucking hell. He's, he's getting backed up off Reed Robinson. Okay, okay, he's a good fighter. You know, good level fighter, I suppose. But, you know... If, if if you are world elite, you know, as 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 these, are, these guys are touting you and that, then you deal with Ray Robinson more handily and like, you don't fight him to a draw. Um again, I don't know if there's like you know there's like injuries or whatever and that I, I don't know. But um I'll believe this fight happens when I see it. Okay. And it's it's just it's just like the thing day. We've been looking for this fight, it was just like fourth time now, I think it is. You know, if it becomes a draw, which will probably end up being and stuff like that, it'll be like, you know, we should refuse to talk about it. Actually, the fight ends up a draw. Actually, just like just disregard that. Don't even want to see a rematch. Just file it under bullshit. <laughs> and just move on with the rest of life and stuff. Because I know if Aussie was on the, I think Aussie's going to be bent on this fight. That he believes Avanessian's going to, going to do the business. I would think, but um, you just don't know. I mean, the, the longer this fight gets delayed, Kelly's supposed to be struggling with the weight. Uh, supposedly. Avanessian's no fought in ages. Is he going to? Is this you know? Does he need a rush shaker? Is he going to be you know firing all cylinders and stuff like that? You know, that's the one thing we've seen as well. Actually, when uh, when boxing came back after the first lockdown, there was there was upsets galore. And that you know, you had Maxi Hughes coming in there, you know, upset up the apple cart and that, and getting a good run of wins and stuff, uh, big knockouts and stuff and that as well. So um, you just don't know. if I may have a factor in it as well, you know. So we'll wait and see. 
Yeah, some good comments by the chat there, surprisingly. Matthew D'Souza says, Kelly has no great power. He should cut on the frills and just focus on establishing a jab and boxing smart. And then Michael Thompson says, the booth sm- uh, style doesn't suit every fighter, but I suppose it is crowd-pleasing. This is the thing. It's the same with the old Ingle style, Matty. You know, Junior Witter used to fight in the Ingle style. When he got it right against the likes of Vivian Harris, he looked like a million dollars. When he got it wrong, he was in some of the most boring fights I've ever seen in my life. So maybe they should stop trying to stick Kelly in this particular style. Stop him being the next Roy Jones Junior. Get him to put the hands up jab and you know he, he might look a little bit different uh, do you know anything about josh kelly at all matty what's your, what's your views on him you know i the, the, i know a bit more about abonation and the fact is if you if you can't beat him then you're not uh, you're not championship level and andy alluded to that like i really think that at the end of his career people are going to see abonation as a uh, a higher level gatekeeper that's basically what he is but i mean as far as i mean kelly b you said he's i mean he's an ingles fighter i mean the, the problem the reason that worked a bit for naz is because naz got knockouts and he got a lot of knockouts early the way that those guys are constantly moving the rhythm they try to create uh it's it's a it's a high energy fight and it's not built for 12 rounds so damn it you better be able to fucking punch um and yeah you, you know like like he, sh- yeah, like you said, he should squeak by. He should, if he's anywhere near the level that a lot of people want to rate him. Kelly should be able to get past Avenation, but um, you know, um, it's nonetheless he, uh, he 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 has a lot of work to go. I mean, I I remember the Robinson fight, and you know, Ray's a good enough fighter. Um, he's 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 long. He knows how to use his jab, etc. But he's Again, he's he's like an upper tier gatekeeper, and if you're not pulling out those victories, man, uh, people need to get off your nuts, or you need to get away from these fights and build yourself up a little bit more. Maybe not do that in your eighth fight, um, but um, you know that's the problem when people hype folks up too much. They become believers in themselves in ways that make it so they don't want to uh, be uh, uh, logical and rational, and instead they uh, they they want to think that they're ready to fight. Uh, you know the uh, the champion the very next day, and he's clearly not ready. I am uh, interested to move on, but also I'm just going to check Kelly's box rec there because I'm trying to think when the last time he actually fought was. Uh, oh, he f- it was effectively Ray Robinson. That was June 2019. He fought someone called Wilston Camp Winston Campos in two- in December 2019. So you're looking. The guts of 14, Aye, 15 he went, he went, months. This is for him to Yeah, he did, yeah. yeah that, that, that's, that's a long time out of the ring, that Josh, is. Josh Taylor smashed him up in three rounds at Campos. And that was before Josh Kelly. Uh, Josh Taylor was actually even Conwell. Uh, uh, it was a fight after he beat Dave Ryan, actually. It was Conwell champion. Avanestian's not much better, Andy. He, he fought the same month, 2019. I know it's extenuating circumstances, but he's been out for pretty much the same amount of time. The Spaniard they fought, eh? Yeah, uh, uh, oh, no, no, Jose Del Rio. It was He defended the title against another Spaniard, Andy, in December. Oh, right. oh that's right, aye. So he did. I forgot about that, aye. But, yeah, I mean, what can we say? I mean, I tell you, see, see, just looking through that, that list, actually, I mean, I'm, I'm happy to see Parker against Far actually. Um, you know, there's a bit of history there between the two. Uh, O'Cole against Kowaki. Uh, actually, a stride against Gonzalez. Um, I'm happy to see that one. We think about this one about uh, Sammy Vargas for Nigel Ben, eh, Nigel Ben for Connor Ben. Oh well, yeah, we can go on to that one if you want. Hang on, let me just bring it up here. Um, 
not much yeah, of the card actually, but uh, cash my made, man, cash Farouk, ah, it's made by uh, my mate Cash Farouk on the on the card match. So I look forward to see him. Hopefully, he gets a decent opponent because he got pulled off that last card, didn't he? I, th- I think uh, that's a good fight for him, Andy. To be honest, because least, Vargas least he had some so- compensation then, Andy. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Varg- Vargas has shown himself to be a capable fighter against the likes of Amir Khan and, and others. So I think this is a decent litmus test for Conor Ben. I'm, I'm not really shitting on that fight for Ben's career progression, under. No, I like it as well. I mean, I, I don't know if he's like been way well, he was talking actually after his last fight. And I don't know if he's not been taking the game seriously in that, but. Um... I think he might be getting this guy at the right point in his career. I think Virgil Ortiz smashed him up in uh, seven rounds. This was one where I thought Ortiz would be kind of sloppy finishing this fight, actually, but um, he got the job done nonetless. Um, he's been in with Colazzo, Khan, as you said. Um, I'm sure he was in with Ali Fineca as well. So he's, he's been in Danny Garcia, so he's been in with good company. So it's a good test for him, actually. Ortiz um, put a bink him on him, on him towards the end, didn't he? He was, he was starting to get battered up. He did, but I did think uh, Ortiz was forced that wee bit. That was a stoppage. I think if he just kind of calmed it, because he chased him over the ring, actually. Mm-hmm. Remember it? And uh, I think if he maybe just calmed it a wee bit, it would come more naturally. Uh, kind of like kind of more forceful stoppage. Than that. But nonetheless, um, it'll be a durable opponent for him, actually. It'll be interesting to see as to, you know, if he stops him. It'll be interesting. It'll be a, a, a wee statement, actually. Um, when is that fight against April? So hopefully, you know, Vargas is going to get a full camp for us as well. So there's going to be no excuses for this one. Hopefully... God permit, there's no COVID situations and that because um, you know Ben's you know, he's starting to kind of go in the right right direction. You know, actually kind of like fighting guys like uh, Sammy Vargas. Formel is a decent step up as well, to be honest with you, um, compared to like say um, the Finn that he fought. I think uh, did he not fight Chicha Martinez recently as well? The Finn Coitula was it? Yeah, sort of something like that. I so see, I think that's a it's a decent decent fight. Uh, so I'm interested to see that one. This is uh, Kwanaki against uh, Okole, Gonzalez against Estrada rematch, obviously, and Parker against Far. Uh, and that's for Avanesi against Kelly. I'll believe it when the first bell rings. Uh, Smidhead, do you have anything on this one? It's a bit weak, isn't it? You got Courtney Ball rematch. Uh, we're, we're, yeah, team Courtney, we're team Courtney now, of course. Uh, Savannah Marshall, Felix Cash, um, uh, Faruqi, Farouk, sorry, they've got no opponents. It's a bit weak. Yeah, but it's a good step up for for Conor Ben. I reckon there'll uh-huh. be a fight or fight or two added to that. It is April the tenth. Um, yeah. I mean Conor Ben probably has turned the the, the year um, being the hardcore favourite matchroom fighter, um, given um, his performance last time and his interview thereafter. So yeah, I think that's perfectly um, perfectly good fight for him. I mean, you look at the record. Vargas has only won two of his last six, but as Andy said, they've been in been in at a decent a decent level. Certainly better than. Than anything Conor Ben's ever faced, and um, so yeah, I will look forward to that one. I was looking forward to Conor Ben's next fight anyway, because regardless of the opponent, because he says he wants to step up, and and I think he means it, and he'll have one eye on the the Josh Kelly fight. Um, should Kelly come through Avenition, he's already talked that one up. Um, Akoli, I mean, now we've got um a different um strategy on Akoli's PR. He's now uh, pound for pound the biggest puncher in the sport, according to Eddie Hearn. Um. So yeah, that's one to that's one to take note. So he's gone from the most boring fighter in Britain alongside Puncher um, or Clincher, what did he say? Puncher, I believe, Steve, but maybe Clincher as well. Maybe he can be a dual title holder. So yeah, he's gone from the most boring fighter in Britain alongside Huey Fury to the pound pound biggest puncher in the world, um, according to Eddie Hearn. So that's a new one. Um and you'll know much more about this this fight than, than myself. But yeah, good um decent um money where your mouth is kind of fight for 
for um, Akoli, um, and he is the favourite to win that fight. He's about one to three, so he, so he's quite a strong strong favourite to be winning that fight. Um, they tell me the um, the Billum Smith and Juma fights a decent one on the undercard, but that's way too hardcore for me. Uh, not interested in female boxing, and the other ones are TBAs. Um, have we mentioned the pay per view amongst this run of matchroom announcements? No, you lot have gone rogue. I'm trying to keep it to a show a show per discussion, Smidow, but you're going off kilter here. So let me well, bring in Rapping Rob Kelly first. You was going in time. You was going I thought you was going in time order, Mr. Mr. Wellings. And well, I was, um, March, I was March the sixth is uh it comes before March the twentieth last time I looked. I, I, I was trying my best, Smidow. I'm, I'm I'm trying hard here. Uh, I'm getting I'm getting worn down, Rob. Uh, tell me about Connor Bennig and Samuel Vargas. Johnny Horsecock Nelson. I don't know what you have seen Vargas. I don't really see anything in Vargas, but I think this is a decent test for Ben's stage of, the, of his career. Yeah, definitely. I think Formella didn't really offer much back um, during the fight. For he seemed he was kind of content to do the rounds, and probably Ben, if he had been a little bit more experienced, a little bit composed, he could have got worked the stoppage there. So great win for him that night, and lo- loads of people warm to him and they're excited to see him again. But I think Vargas will try and put it on him, like. I think um, if you if you're fighting Conor Ben, you want to get into him early, like, and I think Vargas will definitely do that. He'll come to fight without a doubt. He's going to come to fight, no no doubt about it. Whether he's shot or not remains to be seen. If he is shot, great for Conor Ben because he'd probably knock him out um, and put himself in line for a big payday in 2021. Uh, but we'll find out a bit about him because I don't think Vargas is coming to lie down. Vargas isn't coming to lie down. Hope you are not lying down either, Matty. Any interest in the son of Nigel, Conor Ben? Has he impressed you so far? Have you seen much of him at all? I see a little bit here and there, uh, but at, at the end of the day, I mean, he should be able to beat Samuel Vargas, and he should be able to knock out Samuel Vargas. Vargas is is there to be hit. He's uh, he's nothing spectacular. He's going to come to you. Uh, this again, this is this is one of those fights that you, you kind of like because. It's not because there's any question about really who's going to win at the end of the day. Uh, the more so that uh, the how they win is going to uh, show a lot about what their uh, their future is in the sport. And uh, you know, this side of uh, winning a ridiculous shutout or knocking them out, um, you know, this is going to tell the tale of whether or not uh, Connor Ben is going to be worthy of uh, fighting for uh, with some of the big boys in the division or if he's just going to be uh, domestic entertainment. Yeah, they're talking to Dennis Hogan against Costa Zou coming up at some point. I'm looking forward to that one if indeed it does get made. Okay, so yeah. He's coming out of retirement? Huh? He's coming out of retirement? Oh, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) No, that is a good fight though. I like that. Hulk Hogan against Costa Zou. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Matty, go ahead. No, I, I really like that fight because I'm pretty high on Tim Zou. I think he's, uh, you know, he's doing, like I said, uh, he's going in there and he's beating the fighters he needs to beat and he's doing it in a way that matters. That's why I'm high on him. You know, when uh, he knocked out... Horn. That was, you know, or uh, you know, yeah, we'll call it a knockout. He, you know, he 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 really poured it on him, and I thought, man, Horn's a rough, rugged fighter with some uh, awkward rhythms, and uh, he'll rough you up. Uh, he's gonna have a <coughs> he's gonna have a hell of a hard time with him. And uh, Tim Zoo just tore him up, man. 
so it'll be interesting watching this kid come up. If, if you know, we're talking about who around 147 and 154 is interesting uh, to us, um, and uh, what what's coming in the next couple of years. For me, that's going to be Tim Zoo. The kid's exciting. Absolutely. Johnny Nelson says, Belly of the Week for Steve. Indeed, it's not the first, it's not the last I shall be getting. So, I was, as I was saying, uh, Coley finally going in against Glovaki for the vacant WBO cruiserweight crown. Chantal Cameron is facing Puerto Rico's Melissa Hernandez. I imagine she's pretty good. Chris Billum Smith against Dion Juma. And Somali British prospect Ramla Ali steps through the ropes for the second time. Of course, she does. Also, Solomon Dakers makes his professional debut. Anybody who hasn't spoken on this, speak now, um, or we shall move on to. Dillian White, anybody any interest in the Akoli card? Going once, going twice. Okay, we'll move on to Dillian White then, shall we? Alexander Povetkin rematching against White on March the 6th, live on Sky Sports box office. He's never won anything past <laughs> the British title. Ted Cheeseman as well going in against JJ Metcalf, Fabio Wardley. Decent fighter actually going in against Eric Molina. Campbell Hatton's on it as well. What do you think then, Rob? You go ahead first. Sounds like you're ripped and rocked and loaded for this one. Campbell Hatton, yes. This is debut or has uh, he fought already? He- no, I, I, I'm not. Oh, yeah, makes his professional debut. But... Generally, not a fan of these sons turn a pro, especially when the dads had, uh, you know, earned such massive amounts of money and they don't have to fucking fight, like, uh, trying to live up to their old lads' reputations. Produced some good moments over the years, I have to say, but, and it is seem to be an ever increasing trend now. Um, even the, what you call it, kids outside the relationship are turning pro off the strength of their dad's name. So, I don't yeah, know. Rob, uh, Rob, hang on a minute. What weight is Campbell Hatton? You could have Campbell Hatton against Tim's you and Costa's you against Ricky Hatton in the rematch on the same card. I'm just waiting for Matthew Hatton's son to turn pro so I can really get excited. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if he has a son. Um, what, what, no, I mean, th- this fucking rematch, man, is brilliant. I think Perfect is going to win again, by the way. I think he's going to win again. I think he's going to knock him out. I think he has Dillian White's number now and all he has to do is wait for his chance. Um, don't know how the COVID has affected his organs or whatever. Uh, maybe he'll have some therapeutic medicine over there during his time off um, to help him get over COVID. Um, and he could be in great shape come, come fight night. So yeah. I think I think he's... Uh, <laughs> and, you know, Dillian himself could be in great shape as well. The two of them, both of them could be in great shape. Um, Dillian's probably doing a lot of walking the dogs at the moment, trying to, seeing as we're on lockdown, he can't do too much training, so he's just out with those dogs, getting in great shape, uh, waiting for March 6th. I honestly think Pavekin's going to do it again. I mean, Dillian White should. like This is last chance alone for him. If he loses twice to Pavekin, he's in David Price territory. So... He's not going to be on pay-per-views anymore. He's not going to be knocking on the world title anymore. He's not going to be calling out Wilder and all these outrageous fights. So he needs to beat Pavekin, but I just think Pavekin will start him again. Something telling me that that's going to happen. Maybe not. Maybe I couldn't be right twice in a row, but um, I just think he has his number. You're underestimating Eddie here, Rob. You say I'll be in David Price territory on no more pay-per-views. I think you yeah. just hit the nail on the head. He'll be fighting <laughs> David Price on a pay-per-view. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Dave Allen fight the winner. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I, but... I, it's a shitty fight like that. We've had to wait now again another three months because of the the pandemic or whatever to, for it to happen. It was supposed to happen towards the back end of last year. Definitely one of the highlights of 2020, though, that fight. Uh, the first one. It had his back garden as well. Unbelievable. Even it. Um, so, yeah, hopefully Sasha does the business again, man. Yeah, I think White will win. I'm going on my Josh Kelly Avanesian uh, theory here, and that nothing that good will happen again twice. You know, Smith, though, I could write what I know about betting on the back of a stamp. Marty Smith has given us a bit of advice here. He says, Povetkin Glovaki double, printing money. 
Well, that would be in the region of uh, nine to one ish double. Povetkin's three to one. Glowacki's about eleven to four. So eight or nine to one double there for Marty Smith. Um, I wouldn't agree. I think that um, I think Akoli will beat Glowacki, but I'll be happy for Povetkin to beat White again. What I would say is the delay in this fight. Um, I think the rematch was due to take place in November, uh, late November. I think that's a positive for Dillian White. Um, I thought that was a too quick a turnaround last time. They were trying to do that to um, get in before the so-called February deadline of 2021 for the WBC mandatory. Um, yeah, and obviously uh, that's not happened. Um, Alexander Povetkin last year provided me with the, the sporting highlight of the whole year, as it did many other boxing fans. I thought it was absolutely glorious that White got absolutely iced live on pay-per-view. Um, the pure fact that this would be Dillian White's fifth pay-per-view was the A-side. Um, the Joshua fight was would have been number six, but he was the B side there clearly. Um, so yeah, he's fought the likes of um, um, Joseph Parker, Chisora, Rivas, Povetkin, Povetkin on uh, on pay per view. Uh, none of which have um, none of which have been for any type of title other than a bloody WBC silver. It's an absolute joke, isn't it? Really. Um, I hope that Dillian White gets beat again. I think is is everything that's wrong with British boxing in terms of. Um, not um you know not taking opportunities fighting on pay-per-view never won anything other than a british title i mean he has took difficult fights um on paper like against the likes of parker rivas povetkin but we shouldn't be we shouldn't be crediting uh, fighters for taking difficult fights that should be a standard procedure but unfortunately in this sport um that re that really happens um yeah, three to one Povetkin. I think he's I think he's underestimated there, to be honest. In the betting to do to do the repeat. I think in the first fight, um White was 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 clearly winning. Obviously, he'd scored the two knockdowns, I think, and I thought that Povetkin was was looking um pretty slow. But they say the last thing that goes is the is the power, and, and that was clearly the case. It was a beautiful um uppercut to to finish the fight and you know, euphoric reaction from myself and most of boxing Twitter that night was was a thing to behold. Um, hopefully, Povetkin can do it again. Um, there's still question marks to me whether this fight goes ahead. Obviously, Povetkin's um, um, had COVID. He's got his history with the drugs, etc. Where is it going to take place? I know someone mentioned Monaco earlier. Um, and I still hope and have hoped since the first fight that Povetkin and Team Povetkin are behind the scenes lobbying the WBC to have themselves in as mandatory um, rather than Dillian White. That would be brilliant because the last thing I want to be doing is seeing Dillian White winning this rematch and then and then being back on that mandatory bollocks. Not not interested. I don't think he deserves it. I don't think he deserves it, to be honest. So, yeah, Team Sasha all the way. Jason Chahal says Eddie is flogging a dead horse with the Povetkin White rematch. Uh, pay per view, sorry. Anyone know the price of this one? Is it the same as AJ Pulev? Uh, don't know. It must probably be about 20 quid, won't it? I imagine. Uh, regarding the fight itself, Matty, John Ansell says, I think White will be gun shy. I agree with this, actually. I can see this being a really boring fight. I think it will. I don't think White's going to go for me or box off the jab. Happy to get the points win. I agree with John Ansell, Matty. Yeah, I actually, there there could absolutely be the, a possibility of that. Uh, you know, just and the question you might be, kid, is there potential that uh, Povetkin, being he's older, he might uh, tire late, and it could uh, potentially uh, end. Uh, you know, in the later rounds. Uh, you know, I'd have to think about this. Fuck, um, and uh, it's because you know it all comes down to what the what the numbers are on this one, but. Um, 
I don't know, man. This middle, I'm kind of thinking like you could almost like you could almost like cover yourself on a bet and get pretty wide numbers if you were to take uh, Pavetkin by knockout and then against White by decision. I think they probably would both give you better than even money, and you could cover yourselves. And I think those are probably the two most likely outcomes. What do you think, Smido, about Matty's betting proclamations there? You want it? What did what did you say, Matty? I'll give you a price. I didn't hear what you said, sorry. So I, I'm thinking that you could that you could take bo both outcomes of Pavetkin by knockout and white and white by decision and get better than even money on both of those. So you could essentially cover yourself. Yep, yep, you could. Then those those markets aren't available as we speak. But yeah, that's what they call a double chance market, and it will definitely be available in the week of the fight. So report back to me then. Well, do indeed, Smido, our betting guru there. What's your uh, Twitter handle, Smid? Smido11, S-M-I-D-O-1-1. There you go, you got it. Andy, uh, back on the Dillian White fight, I have no particular animosity towards White, but I have no great love to see him progress, to be honest. I don't care if he wins or not. In fact, probably out the two, I find Povetkin's career slightly more interesting. Is White a big player in the division? I mean, he brings a bit of banter outside of the ring. I don't care if he wins or loses. Is that a bit harsh? No, um, end of the day. Um, if he had, if it, listen, listen, if he won the if he won the first fight, we wouldn't be having this rematch and stuff. But it'd be interesting to kind of think who would he be fighting at this point if he hadn't lost. Um, I agree with I forget who it was that was saying there actually, but uh, one I, I do believe he could he'll be gun shy. He'll be very hesitant. I could see him kind of sitting on the, on the jab on the back foot, maybe grapple a wee bit more and stuff. Um, Pivet can. Looking back on that fight, actually, he tried to throw that same shot that he knocked Dilly White away at least three, four times and missed each one, and he fucking landed it. So I don't know if it was timing, measurements, and stuff like that, or just like say, just just White wasn't he where he was meant to be at that time with the punch got thrown and stuff. But I'd be absolutely shocked if we got another ending like we got. Um, you know, it's very easy to kind of jump on, you know, what happened the last time and stuff. But I can see a, a right scrappy, ugly fight, um, probably. White maybe using his physical advantages, maybe kind of like lean on Pavetkin and stuff. We don't know. Um, Pavetkin might just find you know something that bigger tricks of his and uh, uncock another shot. I don't know. It might be White. You know, he might find a shot that kind of maybe ends Pavetkin and stuff. I'm not really fussed. Um, end of the day, there's only one fight in the heavyweight division that needs to happen. Um, these two are just basically bystanders. Uh, so yeah, you know, I'll watch it. I'll not be paying for it naturally. Um, probably go I'll probably say White wins on points actually yeah I think White wins on points is fair enough anybody want to weigh in on the undercard as I said before I think Fabio Wardley for someone who didn't have an amateur background I think he came from White Collar or whatever it was he looks decent got a good jab can clearly punch a little bit Molina well, he's pretty much washed up isn't he um, any any undercard interest or should we move on gentlemen Molina's finished, isn't it? Come on, let's let's have it right. Molina, I mean, he didn't. He he never really started, if if you ask me. But um, yeah, he's Molina's finished. Good matchmaking for Wardley. Um, and they tell me that Cheeseman versus Metcalf's a good matchup. But again, I'm not hardcore enough for that. We'll watch. Won't be paying. Cheeseman, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Cheeseman Metcalf could be pretty decent. Let me uh, unshare this screen, shall we, and go back to basics. Uh, Bell of the Week's coming up soon as well for episode 406. Middows with us, wrapping up Kelly, Matty DiGelonardo and Andy Patterson. I'm Steve Wellings, in case you didn't know. A couple of questions, let me just bring them up. Oh yeah, two, uh, two full seasons of punches from the past, by the way, if you want to support the pod. 
and uh, you want something in return, go over to theboxingasylum.com forward slash shop. You can get season two and season three. They were to, uh, they're half price at the moment, actually, reduced down to just a tenner for all those ten episodes, plus a little bonus thrown in as well. Punches from the past, theboxingasylum.com forward slash shop is where you can get hold of that. Uh, Adam Marriott threw in a question here, Matt. A more of a, a statement, if you ask me, and I actually happen to agree with him. He said, I've always wondered in boxing about multiple times world champions. For example, AJ wears two times world champion as a badge, a badge of honour, but he had to lose badly in order to win it back. Whilst there will be a legitimate comeback, why do many boxers add this strap line so readily? I agree with this as well. You get two. Oh, he's a two time world champion. Yeah, because he lost against someone he wasn't supposed to lose against. I Great mean, question. It, that is. It, it's a bit daft, isn't it? Well, Lennox Lewis it, with three times, wasn't it? Well, well, I think it, it stands more in the heavyweight division than other divisions because when you go south, I mean, obviously you can jump divisions and then you're a multiple-time world champion. But, yeah, I mean, as far as it goes in the heavyweight division is unless you're retired, you know, like Vitaly Klitschko, um, it's basically saying, like, uh, this is how many times I've lost. I think it goes back to the old days, uh, sorry, Matty, whenever you would have had someone win the title and then they would have gone back to basics and beat all the contenders again to get back up to that shot and then win it back again. And he's a two-time world champion. He, he fought back from adversity rather than he lost against so-and-so and then he won a vacant belt next time. Yeah, Joshua, basically at the end of the day, Joshua's claim there is he's one and one against Fat Andy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Two-time indeed. Yes, Mido, I take it you uh, a lot on board with this. Oh, as on the, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and what should be remembered about Joshua as well is the second performance to get his bloody belt back was boring as fuck. So, and if he can't, and as I've said many times, if Joshua continues on that strategy of back foot and um, reluctant to 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 throw the the power punches that he needs to, he's going to get made to look a fool by Tyson Fury. No, I agree with the boys in the chat here. Pat Reardon says nothing wrong with avenging a loss. Absolutely. Motor City Cobra says Lewis was three times. He had to fight his way back for the second time. Exactly. Yeah, 100% that's what I agree with yeah. all of that. Yeah. But it's, it's overused, isn't it, Smidge? You know, you've got guys like Broner, like four times world champion, and it sounds grander than it is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's a, when you compare it to other sports, it's not like, you know, four times Wimbledon champion because you, you, you're having to go you're having to go back and do it in a separate tournament the next year. But you're only... In, in boxing, unless you're retired or whatever uh, and you've been banned or whatever, like Tyson Fury, because um, he's still undefeated. But, yeah, the mere fact that, you've, that you're doing it two or three times is because you've lost two or three times. Shout out to 16 times world champion Phil Taylor. Exactly, exactly. Andy's back with us. Andy, a uh, bit of a contentious one here, but Joe Kennedy threw it in on patreon.com forward slash boxing asylum. He said, after Jonathan Lear was exposed as a cancer faker, an all-round con artist, the latest in a string of boxing podcaster controversies, the question needs to be asked, what makes boxing podcasters the biggest scumbags on earth? <laughs> Send us a tenor super chat and we'll answer you. <laughs> <laughs> I say it's good. much like everything else. There's, there's snakes involved in every walk of life. Um, one so uh, more so than the fucking high business ladders and that. But yeah, that was bad. Like I mean, I mentioned it last week and stuff. And uh, there's a guy on Twitter. I forget his name actually. Spiddle might know him. He does all the kind of boxing bettings and stuff. And that kid, uh... Tom Craze. No, I wasn't Tom Craze, mate. It was somebody else. Jim something. Oh, Jim, Jim McDonald in the chat. Jim no, Jim, no, I think it was fat. Jim Carras, that's who it was, mate. Yeah, I. Yeah. I think he got stung and he was kind of a little bit kind of taken aback and that. And he actually had to kind of go public in that because he ended up, uh, his comments for a personal uh, DM message to someone on Twitter and I ended up making the fucking New York Times. Uh, what do you call him that? Michael Woods? 
Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that was bad form. Like, they go and take someone's private comments for a DM chat, they then go and put it in a fucking public paper. It just didn't sit right with me and that. Um, look, the guy disappeared. Uh, everything, I mean, look, listen, the thing, iTunes, YouTube, everything's gone, man. Um, we'll never see him again. He'll, he'll reappear at some point. That voice is very distinctive. Um, so if you ever hear him again, you'll, you'll know straight away who he is. Um, yeah, it's just a bad situation. Bad situation indeed. Before we go on to the value of the weeks, then a couple of fights next week. People can comment if they want, or we can just move on. I thought I'd better mention them because they are on the schedule. First of all, uh, where are we? Wednesday evening on Showtime. Uh, Yi Solano, 15 and 0, going in against Mike Williams, also 15 and 0. Could be pretty decent. It's on Showtime, so I thought it was worth mentioning. Also on uh, Showtime on Saturday evening, the 23rd of January, Tom Brown Promotions in association with Floyd Mayweather. Decent card, this actually. Angelo Leo going in against Stephen Fulton. These two were supposed to fight, first of all, but Fulton, I believe, tested positive for COVID. He had um, he opened up a restaurant in Philadelphia. He was there meeting and greeting everybody. I think I think he ended up, either he got it or somebody close to him got it anyway. He dropped out. Tremaine Williams came in. Angelo Leo beat Tremaine Williams. Looked pretty decent, but you would imagine Fulton, if he can keep the distance, keep the space, will have too much for Leo and probably win that WBO Super Bantamweight title. I rate Fulton, but I think Leo's decent as well. Could be an interesting fight. Uh, Vic Pasillas on the undercard Super Bantamweight. 16 and 0 going in against 17 and 0 Reese Alim uh, Rolando Romero as well and he wasn't R- Rolando Romero that roly that the big yeah, country went against Jackson Marinez he's absolute garbage I just think about it because you know if anything Jackson Marinez deserves a rematch I think he's fighting Richard Comey actually Richard Comey that's right yeah one of the top ranked cards, I think. So, uh, which is a shame because I think he definitely deserves a rematch. Did uh, that Romero no hold a belt or something of some sort? So some. It's a it's an interim uh, uh, WBA well, title, so a trinket. Honestly, yeah. t- talk about work in progress. He is nothing special. Talk about you know, as I said, he was gifted that uh, that one against uh, against Marinez, one eighteen, one uh, one ten. In Donny's dad got in the in on the joke <laughs> as well, actually. Uh, but yeah, Angela Leo against Stephen Fulton. I'm, I'm with you. I, I think Leo wins the fight. Um, he's very aggressive, very come forward, works the body in that as well. So, don't really see much of Fulton, to be honest with you. But I've seen a bit of Leo. I think he's a Mayweather fighter as well, actually. Um, so, yeah, I think um, I'm going to say, I, I think he might be one by stoppage, actually. I'm going to say a late stoppage for Angela Leo, maybe something around, around 10. Definitely, kind of, it'll, be, it'll be pressure on the body shot. So, definitely watch it for that. I think it's an interesting one. Joe Kennedy in the chat says Fulton on points. Fulton's a really nice boxer. He, he hits to the body well. He's got a good jab, good fundamentals. Against the thing is though, Andy, against um, Tremaine Williams. Tremaine Williams was doing really well first five or six rounds. He was boxing Leo's ears off, but Leo just never. I, I'm remembering this fight now from a year ago, so I could be wrong. Mm. But Leo just kept coming forward. He was ugly. Kept hitting him with low blows. He was pushing him into the corner. He bullied him. A lot of people actually thought Tremaine Williams won that fight. So mm. if I had to put my neck on the line, if Fulton can get the distance, I think Fulton. And like Joe says, might win on points, but I think Leo will push him all the way. But you think Leo might be able to actually get him out of there? Possibly. I just think, as you say, he can make it make it ugly. I say I've not seen much of Fulton. Though, so maybe it's a disservice. Maybe I should maybe watch Fulton before I actually made that uh, that pick in that maybe. Um, I, I just think you know, with, with the pressure, the body shots and stuff, the, as I say, is that I just think. Uh, I think he could, he could potentially pull it off. But no, as I say, it's a really good fight. At this point in that as well, in their careers, they're, they're, they're all something like what, 15, 16 years and stuff like that. Definitely cross, well, not crossroads fights, but it's definitely a good fight at, you know, at this point in their career, obviously, in that as well. Undefeated, uh, belt on the line, so to speak, as well. So, uh, yeah, so it's a really good fight to make at this point as well. I think it's, it's, basically, it's, whoever wins the fight, that's his wee best statement as well. Certainly are WBO Super Bantamweight uh, Championship. Any interest from you, Matty, before we go on to Bell of the Weeks in that one? Fulton against Leo? 
Matty? No? Matty might have fallen asleep like Chuck. Who knows? Let's move on to Bayou Beach. So I prefer 406 then, shall we? Matty's here somewhere, I think. Uh, Andy's with us, definitely. So is Rapping Rob Kelly. We seem to have lost Smido, though, unfortunately. Uh, let's get into one of the Bayou of the Week intros. Which one should we... Which one should we go? We'll go with Low Res Tony. Here we are. You and this boxing sign, whatever you're called, right? You see you. You must be the most bored man on planet Earth. Because what you do is, you sit and talk about what the fuck I do. Remember this, right? What you talk about, I do. I do it. You talk about it. I do it. So that gives me the right to say whatever I want about what I do. It doesn't give you the right because you don't do it. Now if you show me a video of you doing it and doing it at the level I do it at, then maybe you can have a say. But remember this, I fight, you watch. It's that simple. That's all it's about. I fight, you watch. No one gives a shit about what you say or what you do. But you give a shit about me because I fight. I don't watch. Simple as that. Your podcast isn't worth a carrot. I don't give a shit what you say, what you do. If you've got something to say to me, I'm not hard to find. I'm usually on the front row of boxing events. Come and say hello or come and say to me what you'd say to me on your daft podcast. But remember this, I get more views with a fart than what you get with a two-hour podcast. On that note... Classic Bell, you Andy, he always gives, a, he always gives it every week. He does, he does. But it's uh, Anthony Bell, you. Tony died. Sorry. Sorry. By the way, I'd love to, I'd love to get Anthony's uh, thoughts and opinions on Sergei Kovalev as well, because he's actually killed a man in the ring. So I'd be <laughs> to get uh, Anthony's take on it. He's been there but, and uh, done it. Yeah, but I didn't, want to, uh, I didn't want to test him. I just want to leave him alone, you know. Well, if he says anything bad, just make sure to tell Kovalev that he's not hard to find. You can usually find him at the front <laughs> row of any boxes. So, so. <laughs> <laughs> he's not any front rows these days, I'll tell you that. <laughs> he gets there does Bellew uh, you never know Bellew might turn up on the list on a preempt things he might not he could be a, a slow week for Tony uh, first nomination here comes from the Motor City Cobra for Amy Amy 18203255 so sounds pretty genuine uh, talking about Eddie Hearn against Bob Arum no other promoter comes close to Eddie and you don't have a massive fight on four weeks notice then go into another one in eight weeks time no other promoter comes close to Eddie, says Motor City Cobra. Nomination for me. Amy says, my next best is Aram, in my opinion. Uh, Jay said, Aram is 10 times the promoter Eddie is and did it without a trust fund and ready to go into business. So poor old Amy, 18203255. Real surname, getting a nomination there. Who are we on to next? Valerio Sandoval and Michael Gearty have united here. In fact, Michael Gearty was nominating these two people. Joseph Borman said, what the hell, Eddie Hearn? You promised Ebony Bridges a fight with Bell. Uh, I think she's talking about Rachel Ball, actually. The fans are demanding a fight for her. Don't let us down. And Valerio Sandoval says, worldwide boxing fans are electric with energy, anticipating watching this talented, beautiful and charming Ebony Bridges, aka the Blonde Bomber, in action. Left hook is pure power. Eddie, there are dollars to be made. What do you think about this then, Rob? I, I saw some joker on Twitter earlier saying that Ebony Bridges will be on OnlyFans before she ends up in a world title fight. Probably rather want to see that as well, wouldn't you? If you watch one of her world title fights. I don't know, like... 
Um, <laughs> like I've only ever heard of her on the show. I've never fucking heard of her outside. So I don't know. She's you know, PR can't be that good. Like I have yet to see her fight. So, and uh, not that that's important these days. Like, do you know what I mean? So she could well end up. What, what way does she? She go up and down the way. Is she a future? Shannon Courtney opponent, who knows? Yeah, super bantam, featherweight. I don't believe Rob. I still refuse to believe she's actually a fighter until I see her in the ring. To me, Steve, to be honest with you, women's boxing died the day Obanov's husband died. <laughs> Ice cold. Rob Kelly there, episode four. <laughs> Just like him. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely job, Lee. Rest in peace. Uh, some, Prince Charles Martin's back on the scene. If I was a rapper, I'd name myself Lil Trump. He says uh, Toby has nominated him for that one. Yeah, we need to see the Prince back in action. Andy Jones has been having a bit of a back and forth with Sailing Enki in the DMs. Enki is another Eddie Hearn fan. So uh, less said about that, the better, I think. Evening, Ed. Uh, Varda Testing. What about this one then, Matty? Uh, Donking Promotions have asked Varda Testing to not enter Raphael Murphy and Baybert Shumanov into our programme at this time. David Almond nominated Don King for uh, Bellew of the Week there. What do you think about it, though? Uh, Matty, Don King uh, asking for these boys to be removed. That's really weird. And what's also really weird is Beboot Shumanoff is still fighting. I had no fucking clue. I don't think he was even fighting when he was actually fighting, was he? No, uh, not le- particularly. <laughs> Less said the better. Uh, Michael, boxing fanatic, another one weighing in here. And poor old Joseph Borman. Just leave him alone. He wants to be an Ebony Bridges fan. Uh, Eddie Hearn, this Friday, see you there. The UK schedule revealed. We've gone through the UK schedule. So rewind if you want to hear that one. Uh, Richard Leng III said, one big UK pay-per-view, say £100 would be amazing, hashtag for the fans. And then Paul D30 jumped in and said, or oh, £200, imagine that. SD has nominated them for that, Andy. These boys are calling for price rises. Why make a pay-per-view 20 quid when you can have it for £100? 100 quid, mate. That's what you want. You want to see Povetkin, who is like way beyond prime, and uh, Dylan White, who looks like he's just had a lobotomy, fucking fight on pay-per-view for 100 quid. Can he wait for it, mate? <laughs> it's coming. Uh, Dominic Henry has nominated Devin Haney. I mentioned this to rap star earlier, Rob. Devin Haney says, I'm Pretty Boy Floyd reincarnated. Do the research at the similarities in style and career. Well, I've done a little bit of research, Rob. And yes. as rap star mentioned earlier, he had uh, beaten Gennaro Hernandez. By this point, he'd made five defences, including the likes of Carlos Herrera and Angel Manfredi. And he was just about to go 25-0 and by knocking down four times and knocking out Diego Corrales. So there's plenty to be going on there for Devin. Well, I've actually worked out where the similarities lie. And the trajectory that he's talking about is Floyd's new hairline and beard that he's forgetting. <laughs> They're very similar if you look at him that way. David Haney, 22 years of age, full head of hair, Floyd Mayweather. Almost 50, full head of hair. I know a full beard as well that you can see the surgery marks on. Maybe it's was testosterone patches to boost old hair. Yes, <laughs> yes, that's what it is. It could have been the therapeutic use exemption uh, yeah. that he had post Pacquiao coming to effect. Now, and shout out to 50 Cent, by the way, as well, who uh, made sure to make fun of Floyd like he always does and says, what the fuck is going on, champ? Did they pull the plugs from your butt hair to put it on top of your head? <laughs> oh, God. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, that's where the similarities lie there. That's what Haney was at. So don't be too hard on him. He's the exact same hairline as Floyd Mayweather. <laughs> do, do you guys think it's at all possible that maybe Haney just has a limited vocabulary and reincarnated was meant to say uh, illegitimate child? Fucking <laughs> 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 DNA tests on a Sunday evening here, Rob. 
I don't know. Haney's delusional, man. He, he's fucking delusional. The chap has fucking yet to win a title in the ring. Like, he's a, he's oblivious to this fucking Gmail thing that people keep throwing at him. He keeps on saying, well, it's not my fault. Like, he gave me the belt, so I'm the world champion. Well, Shut up. This See the thing with Haney as well, right? See the thing with Haney, with, 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 you know, he's like, again, boxing, like, what you done for me lately and that. I completely forget about Devin Haney because Garcia stepped up, you know. Lopez. So, Davis has been relevant because he's, he's icing guys and that he's going to be this next pay-per-view superstar. What's Haney doing? He's fighting the zone for 199. Well, I always say there's a fucking reason that Devin Haney was self-promoted for the early part of his career. It was because the big promoters all knew who Devin Haney was. He, he'd beaten Ryan Garcia twice in the amateurs and Garcia's beaten him twice. So they've all been have been looked at by the same scouts and the same yeah. networks and all that. And nobody wanted him because... He hasn't got an exciting style. He was self that's, that's That never fucking works. Like, So Eddie's picked him up. Eddie is the one who's put the, the the label of the next Floyd Mayweather on him. Wouldn't be like him. Is that called Herbie Hyde, the next Muhammad Ali? So, you know, anything <laughs> is possible out of their mouths. Like, but even unfortunately it. for Haney, yeah, even it. Unfortunately for Haney, you know, he's having to bear his burden, like, by, and, and keep the, the illusion going by comparing himself to fucking Floyd Mayweather, man. Like, I don't know. It sounded like he was smoking when he was tweeting there. Like, I don't know what the crack is with him, but. That was yeah. delirious. Like. Well, what I think it is, it's what you said, Rob. It, obviously, uh, uh, Eddie's made the comparison. He said to him, look, keep this going. Hook yourself onto Floyd. Attach yourself to him. You know, try and pick up a few fans uh, and make that comparison, you know, by association. I think I think that's probably what's going on there between, between them. Yeah, they are, they're probably involved as well. I know Haney's been doing a lot of sort of catcalling to them lately as well. Well, one thing that Floyd could never do that Haney did was get an email belt. I mean, back in 1995, it'd be difficult enough for Floyd, to be fair, to accomplish that. He'd yeah, have to be pulling out the old wire, logging onto the 56K, Andy. Yeah, mate, uh, the, the old modem, he wouldn't be able to get a phone AOL. call. AOL. Uh, mm. He wouldn't a phone call on that because you're getting that email, <laughs> yeah, that bell sent to you down the, down the fucking phone line. You might even get Mike Tyson's pigeon drop it off, you never know. It was very inconvenient for Floyd. He had to go in the ring and beat the likes of Corrales and Manfred. I know, he yeah. log on, like I... you saying, interrupt the phone line. Imagine Floyd having to get in the ring. What was it, twenty and to fight Gennaro Hernandez, who's like a veteran by this point. I think it might have been Gennaro's last fight, actually. Believe it or not, uh -huh. um, you know Diego Corrales. You know who? I, uh, that is one of my most Floyd favorite Floyd Mayweather fights. By the way, the absolute ass kicking he put on that night. It was like yeah. sharp shooting at its finest. That was prime pity, pity boy, wasn't it? That. Oh man, I talk about talk. Fuck your defense, man. That was pure attack, and Chico had no answers to it. Especially the right hand, like Emmanuel Augustus is better than anyone on Haney's resume. Uh, yeah, Emmanuel Augustus, mm. who was the non-title fight before yep. Corral, I believe. Floyd says it was one of his toughest fights ever. There you go, the drunken master. Bust his nose up and stuff like that as well. Yeah. There we go then, Devon. You could be a front runner this week. Uh, Declan Graffin, nomination for Javonta Pacquiao Duran Cat Williams tribute haircut. This uh, ESPN, this guy on ESPN ringside went into the barber and asked for the Tank King Rye fade. I don't. This is in our area, Andy. To be honest, is it haircuts? Let's be honest. <laughs> fucking, I've had a haircut in fucking thirty years, mate. What are you talking about? <laughs> exactly. You never thought of having a tank king rye fade? Nope, absolutely not. I mean, listen. Can you imagine that? But they've all done it. Like, like these are all these vain bastards. Got them. I'm losing my hair. I need to do something about this. Aye, shave it off. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Chris, man, dude. Times undefeated. Just stop being. Just stop being vain. My brother-in-law, right? My brother-in-law is uh, thirty-four. Well, I've got four, but he's he's thirty. Blah, blah, blah. He's a setting oldest one, so he'd be like, he's losing his hair. He's got the fucking. He's got the fucking slick back, and that. I'm saying, like, shave it off. 
my wife was saying to me last night, he says he hates you to fucking say that to him. I said, well, fucking tell him, say something to me then. Because I'll fucking tell him again, shave the He's got a problem, we can come see He's a bit like Bobby Charlton in his prime, man. What the fuck are I'll tell you what, though. You, you know we're big fans of the British Hair Clinic here. I actually got followed well, this I, week. I got, I got follow- oh, hang on, Andy. I got, soft- I got followed this week by the Soft Tissue Clinic. Oh, I'm sure no. in the chat there's been a few soft tissues been floated about over the years. <laughs> <laughs> you see my Oh dear, there you go. Yeah, the, the British Hair Clinic needs to sponsor us indeed. I've got one more here. I keep feeling like I've maybe forgotten a few, but this is all I've got on the list. Um, if, go on Instagram and see this. Nathan oh. Cleverly. Uh, what what the hell's going on? <laughs> Mate, I, I, listen, I, I, I've just been reading through it the other day there and stuff, and there's like fully on like screenshots and stuff. And I think there's like a picture of his dad. I think it is like apparently he's having a bit of mental breakdown and stuff like that. I'm not too sure, but. Um, is he, in the new, is he in the sequel to a Serbian film? Why? <laughs> well, so I, I, was, I, don't, I don't know who this chick. I don't know if this, this chick is. He's like his girlfriend or whatever and stuff. But um, to be honest with, you, considering how Nathan used to like eat shots and stuff, I'm not fucking surprised. There's maybe some issues going on here because uh, he's running about his living room here, like jogging about on the spot, like say, and throwing his his uh, what do you call it? He's he's dressing gun. Like it's a whip or the fucking place and stuff like that. And he, he's tying his pants and he's like he's like he's, he's like he's, he's humping my dear. He's going Spartacus! Oh, like, it's like, like he's humping he's packing something there, like I'll tell you that much. He's misses his fucking well 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 pleased there, I would imagine, but yeah, it's not looking good there, like you must admit. <laughs> Have you seen this, Rob? Yeah. I, I kind of tuned out and only tuned back in. I have no idea who you're even talking about. It just sounds like a good story. Nathan Cleverly on the screen oh, there, but he's got absolutely bonkers. Yeah, I'll say, I'll fucking, is that Tony Bellew's fault? Is it? <laughs> Will you leave him alone, Tony? I'm going to do worse than Kovalev. It's Anthony Bellew. He's done fucking worse. Jogging about his love there. He's like Jake Lamotte on that in the prison cell, isn't he? I mean, Jake Lamotte is in the prison cell on that. <laughs> that's sad, man. I don't know what happened at that. Like that's scary, that's scary shit. Like if that's CTE related, man. He's not just a banger. Like you know what I mean? That's fucked up. Wasn't he immense beforehand? What the fuck happened there? Like yeah, he was a maths to, uh, graduate, wasn't he? That's what I'm mm. saying. But you remember how he used to fight? Like even at British level, man, he took some fucking shots. I think the only maths he's working out now is in grams, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> that, that picture, like, it makes me. It's it's like uh, a American psycho ish kind of looking, you know. He's got kind of the Patrick Bateman thing going on. I don't know. He's lost the plot. That's a certain Smiggers titties and Vicky Gravel combination. They're uh, throwing that one in. Yeah. So Haney, cleverly, there's been a few. The guy's haircut. Uh, any nominations for you, Andy? Yeah, I've got one for um, uh, the son. Uh, so apparently the, they've actually kind of like uh, wrote this article that Josh Taylor's undisputed showdown with Josh, uh, Jose Ramirez penciled in for Las Vegas in May, according to Bob Arum, to the uh, to the Sun at least. And they've got a picture with uh, Josh Taylor next to Mick Conlon. So <laughs> Josh Taylor's like basically tweeting that he's another belter of a, of a comic for the Sun. He looks like I'm fighting Mick Ramirez next. <laughs> so <laughs> one for the Sun. Uh, I was going to put up that Nathan Cleverly one as well, mate. That's uh, that is pretty bad. Like, um, been a kind of kind of quiet week actually. Oh, Spencer Fearon, um, calling it Rob Tebbit and that. I, I know Rob will be listening and stuff. So, uh, I can Sp- Spencer, uh, sorry, um, 
uh, Malcolm Fearon had a bit of meltdown and stuff, so he uh, kind of like calling people out. So apparently Tebbit's going to have to kind of get a bulletproof vest on by the sounds of it and stuff. But uh, so just maybe keep away from the shows and that, uh, uh, Rob. If you can, Spectre's kicking about and that as well. You never know. The ninja. Yeah, Holt asked a question about that, Andy. I think there was Tundi sent uh, Rob Tebbit some voice notes or something. It was all kicking off. Oh, Tundi, aye, aye. I mean, I think come out this as well. Apparently, Spencer likes to uh, kind of like ask people if uh, you know which way the bat, shall we say? Um, yeah, he's looking out looking pretty well on that. But yeah, Tunday had a bit of meltdown as well. What was that about again? What did he say? Don't I'm not sure. I wasn't really he, uh, he 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 sent Rob Tebb a voice notes, telling him to take down the interview. Rob Tebb put the voice notes out, saying he wasn't going to be bullied. Spencer Freeran reacts by calling Rob Rob Tebb a snitch. And uh, this, that, the third, um, playing by the codes of the streets in boxing YouTube. Um, so, yeah, it's all of it. But I, no interest in it, to be honest with you. Even though I know everything that happened in it, I have no interest in it. Half a moment, man, comings and goings. Yeah, it's just like I saw it happen. I didn't care enough about it, but I could still see it happening, you know, that way. Oh, dear. Uh, any nomination? Any further nominations, Andy? Or oh, that your last? Andy, mate, that's kind of quiet week this week. Anything from you, Rob? Just flying for the hair replacement. Man. Where is he going? Like, would he just fucking grow old gracefully? See if I had that money, like I wouldn't even get my hair shaved or not. I'd just be going around like Tony Soprano with the two long bits, ball bit in the middle, just going around in my dressing gown, like kicking through piles of money. Like, why is he so fucking insecure like that? I fucking yeah. close to fifty. Who, who cares when you have fuck you money? Who like like why why do you care, man? That's what I'm saying. Like, who's he pandering <laughs> to? Like, Lily insecure, Floyd Mayweather going, I'm gonna fix my hairline and Dude. I'm gonna get a beard. <laughs> do, do any of you guys watch American watch any American basketball? Uh, no. Mm-mm. The Los Angeles Lakers player Anthony Davis. If you get a chance, look him up, man. The guy has like a straight up thick fucking unibrow, and he has all the money in the world. He could have it manicured to shit. He doesn't give a fuck, man. That guy gets like thirty million dollars a year. He does not care. It's like uh, it, it's is his trademark. His fucking fish tank has it's the like, unibrow it's fuck like logo. All of the, it's just fighters. Like you don't want to hear about like fucking. Say fucking Roberto Duran got Botox or something like you don't want to hear that shit. Like your fighters, like when Frotch got his fucking nose fixed, fuck off with that. Like, would you fighters are going to get a fucking new new hairline? Fucking fifty years of age, grow up. Like, but anyway, yeah. And Haney, nose. Haney has to get it. Haney, has oh to yeah, get it for that he's a front. Fucking. He's definitely a front runner. He's definitely is. Uh, Unless Matty, you've got anything th- uh, to throw in late here, which could upset the apple cart. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this might be a little bit uh, late because it was from uh, close to the show last week. But uh, I'll just give you the headline. Um, um, ESPN.com. Source, Adrian Broner to make ring return to ring after two years on February 13th. Um, that That's all. Just Adrian Broner wanting to box again. I think that's fucking hilarious. But to be fair, Matty, uh, he's saying that this is the new AB. He's lost weight. He, he's got a new dedication for the sport. Yeah, he's he's doing it because he has to pay his fucking fines and shit. You know, like uh, fair, he's fair, fair play, man. What's that, Andy? He's only got thirteen dollars in his pocket, apparently. That's what he's told the courts, at least. Yeah. Yeah, Kovalev um, deserves a nomination as well for his testosterone thing, getting his fucking Dazon card cancelled. Does he think I have 199 just to be thrown down the fucking drain? <laughs> hell, man. He's, he's going to lose it in those fights as well. Like he was offered, uh, he's got in the contract with Golden Boy as a result of this shit. Like, Dazon will be looking to get him off off the pay, the pay structure here at some point. 
Do you remember AB's uh, music video, Versace style? Rob was it? <laughs> I don't know what's worse, actually. We should, we, if we, if things get really bad during the pandemic, we could do Danny Garcia versus Adrian Broner fantasy matchup and fantasy battle rap. I think they did a mixtape together um, <laughs> of some real street heat, uh, Stone Cold Pimp shit. <laughs> thing is though we, we underestimate for all of a joke we have over ab we underestimate his popularity in the states there's a reason why he keeps getting bought back and put on pay-per-views all the time he's popular rob with the pbc like yeah. he's social media it. giant isn't he like yeah he's 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 one of those characters who can keep himself relevant but and you know look at he's trying to get help now and all that he's admitted he's an alcoholic and shit's fucked up for him so given i hope he i hope he comes through it like and and uh gets 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 over the other side because he He's from the bits, like his name for Cincinnati. Like, look at his dad, like, God help him. Like, so safe, fuck... so safe. Do, you know, do you know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah, I would yeah, rather yeah, see yeah. that he, I'd rather yeah, see yeah, the story yeah. have it. Yeah, the hood, the hood were like, fuck that. He's talking about water and conflicts in the trenches, baby. But, like, but right, all right, so right, he's a degenerate gambler, he's an alcoholic, he's surrounded by all the wrong fucking people. Pop um, Shagger. He, Get him on here, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be a different interview than Barry Jones anyway. Um, but I think AB, like AB, I'd like to see a, a happy end to the story to a degree. I wouldn't like to see him fucked out, sucked out, looking for a handout. Um, if he has got all that. No, for the sake of his kid. The kid has yeah. like nine kids. He's like trying exactly. to catch up with Holyfield. It's like, exactly. he like woke up one morning and he's like, God, I got all this money. You know what I want? I want my I'm, own basketball team. I'm not buying as well that uh, this, you know, he's back training and he's looking sharp because every time Broner has a fight, all the people around him are saying, yeah, champ, you're looking sharp, champ. You're the best ever champ. You know what I mean? And then he goes out and he just fucking falls flat. So uh, I, hope he gets, I hope he gets over the drinking and all that. What he does in the ring afterwards, I couldn't give a fuck. Like, but um, yeah, for, for, an, uh, for a super chat or a Patreon uh, contribution, we'll do a review of Danny, Danny Garcia and Adrian Broner's joint project together. There you go, everybody. You heard it here first. Uh, regarding his opponent, Andy, we mentioned this briefly last week. That's a de- it is the Dominican guy, isn't it? Michelle Rivera. Oh, he's going with. Oh, Rivera. Oh God, I was looking forward to that. I thought he would have put it on him. I think it was. I can't remember if it was COVID related or if it was something oh, they would travel possibly. So that fights off. That was just a couple of days ago. Mate, I got announced there. Didn't, didn't but, see but that. I think he's, he's still fighting that date though, Bruno. For what, I, for what I've read it anyway, but it'll be nothing significant. I think it'll be. Look, he needs a fight. He needs to be. He needs to be off the streets. He needs to be out of the clubs. I mean, oh, I've seen some. I mean, see some of the stuff people have sent me about Broner over the years. And I'm talking like like total debauchery stuff. I mean, so, somebody sent me the, the, the actual porno. He sent me the, the, the two hood rats. He was pumping oh. nicely. Uh, I was like, fucking hell, man. Hey. But it was. Uh, he's just. He needs to get it sorted out. He really does. He really does. Look, and I didn't want to be, come across as an arsehole and stuff like that, um, just to say that I was right. But um, it'll be interesting to see what he's like as a fighter here on in because if this is him now coming coming the moment here with Jesus and stuff like that and trying to get himself sorted out, it's going to be interesting to see what he's got left. Um, which I don't think it's going to be much because he'll still be the same old AB. You know, he'll talk the good jive and that, but it's, it's what you do in the ring. It's the punch output. You know, if you can't, if you can't, if you can't spark your guy out within like what, three, four rounds, that man, he's just gonna like be jabbing, and you know how it goes. You know, ten, you know, ten, twelve. Move him up to welterweight was the biggest. That's his info, That's his info. That's his info. Welterweight. Getting him up to not keeping him. Yeah, maybe so, maybe so. But bringing him up there to get a title, close fight against Polly Manlazi was lining him up to get beat. Like, 
lining him up to get beaten because he never went to win. I don't think at that t- at that stage. But yeah. how sweet was watching him get fucked up by Madonna, man? How fucking ah, that's one of the greatest. That's, <laughs> uh, that's in the top five moments nearly of boxing for me. Like that's it is, uh, it unbelievable. Is, it is. It is. Especially the reverse hump. But the one thing I was going to say about Bernie, <laughs> it, it, must, it must be two years. Would it be Pacquiao? That would have been January yeah. 2019. Two That's two later. years, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Two years. And again, as he says, what's he been doing for two years? He's been eating, he's been drinking, probably shagging again, probably. Gambling. Gambling. He's, you know, mental health will be done. done, done Here's one for you, Andy. If you had to take an organ off somebody, would you rather take it off Kovalev or Adrian Broda? Uh, Kovalev, because I, I know he would be, he wouldn't be, you know, sleeping in the hood. I don't know. I don't know. Like, sex tape, it depends which organ, you know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's true, by the way. Might be fucked in the fucking end of his one, I'll tell you that. <laughs> I'd say his is probably worn out, mate. It's high just like an old BMW. It'd uh, be, be more than second hand, I'd say. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, Any- so. I- then uh, any organ that you're taking from Adrian Broner should come with a free penicillin shot. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to pass the NCT anyway. <laughs> Poor AB, we love him. We've got him on the, the title of this week's episode 406. Okay, Billy Imagine Wheat, how good know. it would have been if he'd have ever answered the phone that time. Oh, that was class, yeah, AB. Oh, still, it's a number of games, circulation or something. Uh, yeah, it, it rang through to the answering machine, I think. He did answer back in the day when I interviewed him back in 2000. Eight, I think it was, and he was he was a decent fella before before the. I think the... we should do right? We should make it a mission to try and get his phone number somehow, just any way, and then we should phone him up one night on the podcast if we can speak to him. Well, we can try. This would be a mission for the for the for the listeners. Well, try get, help us get yeah. AB on on the pod. We need AB on here, man. We uh, help okay, him. We can put on. an arm around his shoulder. Some uh, need to kick up the ass. Some he might need a combination of both. You know, Andy uh, kick up the ass. So I give yeah. him an arm around the shoulder to get him back on fucking back down to one forty. I'll be a bad cop to you, good cop, Rob. We get him you actually for Tia Fane rematch. I can, speak to him. I can speak to him like, speak to him like, like the white trash I am, and you can speak to him like, say, like, like the black man that you are, you know? I, mean, I, I, got, I, got, I got home ahead in any five boroughs. Forget about it. <laughs> good old AB. We love him, we love him. Okay, Andy, uh, I am going to go for Devin Haney. He's won two email belts, and I think a belly of the week would probably be the, the yeah, most played he's had yet so far. Absolutely, good to be, you know, just to put fucking Floyd's name Mayweather in your mouth and stuff like. That. And, and to have to Eddie. say that to try and get hype after in the aftermath, the Ryan Garcia. But they're all at that's it, the though. only way we ta- we can talk about him because he, he's not fighting anyone. Like. Ah, but mate, they were all at it. You know, after Lopez beat Lomachenko, Garcia, Davis, well, Davis to a lesser degree because he had that big knockout and stuff like that. And then Haney, you know, even Garcia was saying, "Listen, you know, there's unfinished business here in the lightweight division." Well. Yeah, maybe there is, but it goes through one man, and that's Lopez. So people just need to kind of like calm down. But yeah, Haney, as I say, honestly, I absolutely, when I think about the lightweight division, I forget that he exists. Seriously. Exactly. Exactly. That, that's bad. And that, like, listening, people consider me a hardcore fan and stuff like that. Off and the I, top, off the top, what's the best Evan Haney performance? Exactly. Probably Antonio Moran, but I mean, that's not saying much, is it? Exactly. Antonio Moran. Who? So the rest of them, you can go through Linares, you can go through Lomachenko, you can go through Lopez, you can go through Garcia now. 
and, and, and pick a, a standout performance or a standout win for all of them at, at 135 or what can you do for Devin Haney Antonio Moran could be Kevin Moran's son for all we know <laughs> fuck me uh, Haney for you then Andy yep Haney mate yep what do you think Matty push those WBC titles to the back of the trophy cabinet here comes a belly of the week trophy yeah I'm going to have to give it to uh, Floyd Mayweather cubed there you go <laughs> Three, three for Floyd, Floyd Jr. What do you reckon, Rob? Icing on the cake? Yeah, it's got to be Haley, man. Fuck me. Shocking. Absolutely shocking. Powered by Eddie. Evening, Ed. Evening, Ed. Congratulations. Yeah, Eddie, Happy yep. New Year, son. Happy New Year, Eddie. Having said that, I look forward to seeing all his fights coming up on the zone. Eddie, I know you're listening or you, you're lucky to uh, listen. Can you let us know when your prices are going to go up for the zone? Just so Rob gets a, a fair notice period to, before he actually cancels. Because he's been talking about it ever since the Copley fight got cancelled. Yeah, no, I'm high, I was high on the zone for a couple of weeks there, but they let me down now big time with that. I'm just going to have to watch Akin Barak again this week. That's an interesting, interesting point, though, Rob. Uh, what is actually on the zone? Because Bean was it's getting really out. good, dude. It's really good, honestly. Like, oh, all right, okay, aside, it's, it's really good. It's got loads of old Golden Boy fights on it in full uh, HD. Uh-huh. Um, it's got Oscar the Akinbarak ma- magazine show. Then it's got that broken down into segments. They're doing their own little 24/7 judge for the. Uh, big fights, which I'm sure on YouTube anyway. But, but I can get Oscar no, so good, fights on YouTube. But it's better than Box Nation or something like that for fucking t- for two quid. Come on, baby. No, that's, fair, that's get fair enough. But, but listen, whenever I'm going down the matchroom schedule here and it says all of the action will be shown live on Sky Sports in the UK and on DAZN in the US and more than 200 countries and territories. Now, Bean was getting involved in the matchroom announcement. So is all this stuff that we mentioned earlier on UK in the UK, is it on Sky or DAZN? That's what I'm wondering. I think, I think I've seen that in Ireland anyway. Um, White Pavekin is on the zone. I could be wrong, yeah. but you'll have them all. The you'll probably get most of them, will you? Because the zone yeah. is the worldwide territories. You know the way they always say, "Oh, Greg's worldwide territories." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm getting them all. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't know what the crack is, but I've seen that one advertised. I must check in on the app, but I can't say nothing because I've got like Netflix, Now TV, fucking Disney Plus, uh, Stars, Power. I've got the fucking lot. Like, so you know what I mean? Uh, I'm kind of susceptible. You, you kind of hate the money. Yeah. Susceptible to a TV deal, I am. You know that was... chat pledges and the Patreon money's coming as well, <laughs> they? Good. <laughs> says all the UK stuff is on Sky, you say? So that's what I'm wondering. Yeah, and I'm just, I'm never going to subscribe to Sky. Like, that's not happening. Like, I'm not going to fucking go 1999 oh, a month or whatever for fucking Sky Sports. No chance. Like, they got me for enough over the years. They can fuck off. Get a day pass oh. if there's a soccer match or something that I want to see which is unlikely this year (laughs) yeah I'm trying to get to the bottom of this here DAZN is going to have the US fights plus the UK fighters on American cards I'm not really sure I know they're going about the worldwide territories you're obviously you'll count under that they always say that don't they about worldwide territories as if like anyone in the Solomon Islands is going to give a shit like uh, (laughs) a You know, well, like about Anthony that's, that's because they're still dealing with the nuclear fallout for the <laughs> probably too busy, uh, you know, disintegrating into the ocean or something. Go ahead, mother. Prestige worldwide, motherfuckers. <laughs> Can you imagine some poor bastard in Papua New Guinea interested in fucking this fight? Like, Can you imagine it. Oh dear. Well, let's finish up them show, boys. Thank you, everybody, for coming on this evening. Rapping Rob Kelly's been with us. He's slipped off momentarily. He no doubt will return just in time for us to be finishing up for the evening. There, Rob's back on the call again. Matty D. Gelonardo has been with us as well. So has Andy Patterson. We had Smido on earlier. Uh, Rap Star jumped in as well. Shout out to Jim McDonald Boxing, Michael Thompson, and especially our friend of the pod, 
a big friend of the pod now, Des Boxing, for that whopping £52 super chat. Absolute legends. We've had a good time. The people in the chat seem to have had a good time. We shall be back for episode 407. Same time, same place next week. I've been Steve Wellings and bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.